As always, it's good to see you, Ryan. Same. Fire guy, Ryan. It is good to see me. Fired guy, but you're hired. You're the hired guy. Correct. Ryan started the fire! We got a hot show for the comic fam today. Podcast number 51. Slap that subscribe button. Hit the like button. We have a list that we got to chat with you about. $50 Keys is coming. We have reviews. Oh, we have so many comic book Good, so much comic book goodness to talk about. I've been saying it every podcast. I'm privileged here to be as lucky as I am to not just host this show, but to read so many damn good comic books. And we're going to talk about them today. But not before we talk about Fire Guy Ryan's top 10 picks in the MCU. Correct. Comic books that have been adapted to the screen. Superhero narratives. Such as Iron Man. Such as. Such as Ant-Man and Black Panther, all of which were on my top 10 list during the last podcast. But I posed a question to Ryan in a challenge because this whole challenge kind of was orchestrated by Very Gary Comics. You know, you got to be following him and then Jen Min did it. And we asked Ryan after I shared my top 10 pick, if you can bring back your top 10 pick, come back and we can go through it one by one. And that was like a month ago, right? We've we had we had several delays from the holidays, and then there was like an apocalyptic snowstorm. Last. We got snowed in, comic fam. Yeah, we had to we had to push this show off, and I kept procrastinating doing my top ten list until like twelve hours ago. So let me tell you about this first before we get to Ryan's top ten MCU movies, because we don't see eye to eye when it comes to movies, man, especially in the MCU horror movies. You know, we're pretty good on that. Yeah, we're, we're good on that. Simpatico, indeed. But um, the sponsor of the show, we have whatnot. Comics. Whatnot is the app available for both Androids and iOS. The best new place to buy and sell collectibles, funny books, expensive paper, affordable paper, posters, records, Pokemon cards, Magic the Gathering cards, Funko Pops. The list goes on. People's dogs? You, I don't think, you know, I've heard that they're going to get into the pet sector pet. of collectibles, but we're not doing that okay. here yet. Not yet. I, I, I don't know. I think that there was some consideration. Maybe it was a rumor. Don't hold me to it, but I don't think you can get a pet can on you auction. Bid, bid yet. On, <laughs> that'll be fun. Someday. Yeah, bid on birds. Right. I, I want to see Ryan go live on whatnot with a bunch of birds. I found them. Yeah, and, um, so like, it's the hustle. It's part of the hustle. <laughs> it's all part of the comic grind, comic fam. Yeah. But, um, but more importantly, no, they are the sponsor of our show, sponsor of this podcast, and you can follow me over on whatnot, along with so many other amazing dealers, vetted sellers in the industry, a platform that has brought so many members of the comic community from Instagram and Facebook all to one place where you can go support them directly and ex- enjoy auctions that start as little as a dollar that last. As little as 60 seconds long, you can join me, uh, me, Milgi Comics, Gem Mint from Gem Mint Collectibles, Gem Danielle Mint. from Nerdy Girl Comics, Rage Theo, Skeleton Key, shout out Sammy and Tony. My dad's on there, Comic Pops. It's pretty cool. He got back into comics this last year. I feel good about it. But you can hit the link in the description. Join me over on Whatnot Comics and enjoy a free $10 off when you click the link in the description you support our show we get 10 bucks and you get 10 bucks to buy some comic book goodness i think it's pretty cool it's 10 10 dollars all around 10 dollars you get 10 bucks i get 10 bucks they get 10 bucks my favorite amount of dollars all right comic fam we're talking fire guy ryan in the house and he has been up (sighs) for days sweating over this top 10 list dude you've texted me a few times you're telling me i'm getting a little nervous 
And I'm like, why? What's wrong with Fire Guy Ryan? It's not that big of a deal. The comic fam's going to understand your picks. I'm sure there's people who agree with you. I hope so. I don't know if, if you will on some of these. And honestly, I don't even remember the order. I, okay. I, I settled on this very late last night, right before I was falling asleep. Like, okay. barely in the last minute. So, legit, this is the first movie that Ryan picked. I do have the order. And this list is not something I was previewed to. Correct. I can see the number 10 on the screen, but this is the last one that I will be spoiled because I will be transitioning it on the screen where it doesn't show me because it's all about honesty. This is an authentic reaction because I want to like hopefully challenge Ryan here because I just have been super confused about his superhero taste. I was I was kind of surprised at Tom's list from our last show, which you need to go check out if you haven't already. Tom had different picks than I do. I put Thor Ragnarok at number 10. Yes, which... Me I know that's on your list. Every but other rational person in the universe says is okay, a bonehead this, maneuver. But well, this list is not about me. But what I will say is, my number ten was Thor Ragnarok. My number one was Captain America: The First Avenger. So, um, let's see how the lists stack up. And I want to hear from the community in the comment section because we do giveaways during this show. But you got to be here live with us because we shout it out from the chat. And if you want to enjoy this podcast separately, if you can't be joining us live or you don't have time to watch our faces, you can. Find the audio versions only. You can find the audio only version on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And number 10 on Ryan's list is Iron Man number three. And first off, I'm appreciative that you put this on your list at number 10 because this wouldn't be on most people's top 10 list. It would be at the bottom. And this definitely made my top 10. And that was the reason I had even considered it, honestly, because you you made such a good argument for this movie on your top 10 list. Okay, okay. And when I was Fair. making my list, I, I did all the other ones. And then when I got to number 10, I looked at the rest of the MCU, and I had the thought, like, which, which movies, out of all these movies left, which ones do I, which ones would I watch, you know, more, more than once? And this one was the best out of my least favorites, if that makes sense. Out of all the ones that didn't make the list, this one just barely made it on here at number 10. Iron Man 3 is a lot better than people give it credit for. Totally agree. Next on the list. Next up. I approve. Ryan, so far... If it's, if it's going to keep up like this, I'm approving. Okay, so you put Black, uh, Black Panther, number one, right. on the list. And I applaud this. I am surprised it's so low. Yeah. Um, I'm Honestly, I probably, maybe if I had done this a little earlier, before, before like bed last night, I might have been able to iron out the placement of these a little better, maybe. Why is Black Panther on the list? Why is it even on the list? Mostly because of Michael B. Jordan. If I'm being 100% transparent, like I think he elevates this movie to a completely different like dimension, like yeah. his portrayal of Killmonger and the whole the origin story of not just you don't get an origin story. He's all Chadwick's already Black Panther. Black Panther is set. T'Challa is good to go as Black Panther in this movie. This is this this shows you Killmonger's story, which I appreciate a lot more. I'm, I'm definitely drawn to villains, maybe because I'm such a bad boy. Ryan's a bad boy. We got to stop calling Donny Cates the bad boy of comics. We know he doesn't like it. It's kind of weird to it. even say. You hear that, Bleeding Cool? Fire Guy Ryan, Ryan is the new bad boy of comic books. Fire! No big deal. There we go. Fire Guy. But no, Black Panther's fun. It's, it feels distinct. It's got its own kind of vibe. It's the music, the locations, the, the, the cast, the technology. This movie just stands on its own, and I appreciate that. It makes it easier to just watch by itself. It's a beautiful movie. It is. Yeah. It, it, replayability, absolutely there. And it's a little dark. But yeah. the, the fact that Chadwick is no longer with us gives this movie a little bit more of a gravitas to it. And, like, the fact that this is his movie and, like, I don't know, it makes it a little bit more special. 
It really does. Every time I watch it, every time it's on, you, you, you think that th- that's the same exact thing. Next on your list. Oh, my gosh. What did you put on here? Let's see. We have. Oh, all right. This is this put, is where it gets a little right. a little rocky. Okay, so at number eight, you're putting Guardians of the Galaxy. Correct. On the list. Please explain. I enjoyed the movie. I'm almost more interested to hear why this was left off of your list entirely, because that was a surprise to me. Forgettable. Forgettable. This movie is fun. Uh, you want to know what's fun? Every other movie on my list. Oh, man. They're all fun. I need more than fun. I need, And I especially need more than, like, kind of slapstick humor, just kind of, you know, 80s music. Wow. Exactly. It's cool. The soundtrack for this movie is, fan- is fantastic. I, I get it, and I know why people liked it, but I'm just like, it's definitely show more Groot? I don't, I don't know. <sighs> I guess. They, they right, but you tell right me, this isn't my list. They why? Had just the right amount of. Why is this, this on movie. your list? It's fun. It's funny. It's different. It's it's and at the same time, it's uh, sentimental. It's got this kind of lost childhood kind of undercurrent of the Star Lord story. Mm-hmm. It's James Gunn. Yeah, in a, it is a quality movie. Correct. Yes, absolutely. And I'm this is this isn't even something I think I would usually be drawn to. I don't particularly care for the comic for Guardians, any Guardians comics. Same. But something about this movie is very fun to me. I had a great experience in this at the theater. And I think, honestly, like, the very first scene of him singing and dancing with the with uh, Come and Get Your Love and just being an idiot, in, uh, that just sets the tone. And it's, I don't know, it's an experience. I love this movie. Andy, just killing the role. All right. Oh, okay. This is another one that was not on your list, right? <laughs> Why is this on your to list? To be fair, I have not seen No Why Way Home Why is yet. number seven? I have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, Ryan. I have not seen that movie yet. No Way Home. This is uh, excuse me, far, uh, Homecoming. My bad. Correct. My bad. My bad. I, I have seen No Way Home yet? I have not seen I read about it. I know what happens. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I spoiled myself. But Homecoming? Is, right. I think it's better than Far From Home. Right. Okay. Comic Jake fam, I need to see you in the chat. What is this? Mm. Homecoming made your top 10? Yep. Oh, man. I'm, I'm surprised by that. Okay. Please explain. Please explain, Ryan. This is uh, uh, not counting the new one, which I still have not seen, which I'm sure would be on my list if I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might be my favorite overall Spider-Man movie. I'm not a fan of the Tobey Maguire films. You like the Tobey Maguire films? I mean, I respect them for what they did, but I haven't gone back and watched them in ages and ages and ages. Okay. But I don't particularly like him or his performance. Is it? Okay. So do you have a bias because you really like the Spider-Man games? Cause I just got a PS five last week. You did? I got one. How come? Oh, that needs probably good that you didn't tell me that. I Maybe. wanted to wait till we we're on the mic. <laughs> Authenticity. Yeah. So yeah, I got a call from comic pops, Mafaja. And he's like, I don't even know. He's busy this day. He's supposed to be doing stuff. And he calls me. He's like, Oh, I'm driving back from GameStop. Tom, they have PS fives. Like he just stopped what he was doing, went to GameStop. And he's like, they have five left. So I, I'm like, all right, well, if I'm, if I'm going to get a PS5, it sounds like this is the time. So I went and got it, and they make you get three games as part of the package, and one of the games is Miles Morales' Spider-Man. So that's what I've been playing. Does and that include the original Spider-Man game as well? Or is it, it doesn't. Just, okay, that kind of sucks. But. It's just Miles Morales, and I'm having a blast playing it. Is your love for playing Spider-Man in the virtual world affecting your list here today? Damn it, Ryan! Not necessarily, No. I just think this is a very good movie. I really like what Tom Holland does. I think his portrayal of both Spider-Man and Peter Parker just has a has a ring of authenticity to it that something was missing from Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire that Tom Holland taps into. I like Tom Holland's Spider-Man the most, but I think Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is more 
Peter Parker in my brain. Sure. That's what everyone says. I think he's a big It's dream. what everyone says. Also, Michael Keaton as the vulture. Yeah, okay. That's pretty cool. Phenomenal too. in this movie. Okay. Well, I can't believe that's on your list. Uh, Comic fam, let me know what you think about this nonsense. All right. What is this? Civil War. This was the only Captain America movie missing from No, you, you only picked the first one last time. I only picked the first one. Right. This, is, this ranks up there for me, too. So, Going back and thinking about this Not movie. number six, mm. but, but it I have a soft spot for Captain America. Let, let that be known. Like, if you didn't know that about me already, I, I, I quite enjoy Captain America, especially Ed Brubaker's Captain America. Yeah, I used to love Ed Brubaker. I do. He's my crush. But anyway, Civil War. Uh, Civil War. Yes. There's a lot in here that uh, when you see this movie and you see, especially when you see the first appearance of Spider-Man in this movie. You get like a sense for exactly what Infinity War and like Endgame is going to feel like. What's coming? Right. And I know that's that, that that's why I like battle it. Entirely is almost like the main reason this is even on here. That that yep. with Giant Man, freaking Falcon throwing, flying everywhere. You know, throwing just heroes across the the visions cutting loose everything. with his laser beams. Like like a lot of stuff happens during that battle, but also just the underlying conflict over Bucky Barnes and like the conflict between. Captain America and Iron Man in this movie has a lot of... It's powerful. It, you, you, it's hard. Like in the comic book, it's hard to pick one side or the other because you can see they both have merits. And I think this movie is a little better. Like Iron Man 3, I think it's a little bit better than people remember. When it came out, there was a lot of disappointment that it was not the comic story. Just like with Mandarin and Iron Man 3. And that's kind of going to be a theme of our show today is, is not getting too hyped about something and letting that color your True. perception when it actually drops. Yeah, it's coming soon. Um, yeah. Hit the subscribe. Slap the like button, comic fam. We have almost 100 people live with us on a Sunday. Do us a favor. Hit the like button. It goes far. You support what we do. And uh, next one on Ryan's list is this number five. You have Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I do. Okay, cool. I, okay, I'm happy that you have a bunch of cap on here. Correct. Because if you have enough cap on here but don't have Captain America 1, spoilers. I'm going to be pissed. I don't. That's not on my list. Uh, okay. I don't so, appreciate the war story of that movie. I, I find it kind of boring. All right. Well, I do. Ryan thinks um, war movies aren't my thing. Golden They're Age fine. Cap. Yeah. No. World no. War II is boring. I much prefer modern Cap. I much prefer, like I was just saying, Ed Brubaker stuff. This okay. Is Winter okay. Soldier. This is the creation. This is his, his Bucky Barnes. Like this is like it. a direct adaptation of the Ed Brubaker Captain America run, yeah. which is very special to me. I really love that comic. It's such a fun movie. It is. The movie's really good. The movie works on different layers. It's like a great superhero movie, but it's also got that kind of like spy political thriller tone with uh, Robert Redford. Mm -hmm. And like, it, it's just a cool movie. I enjoy it. And they gave, they gave Black Widow a lot to do in this movie too, which is, which is nice, especially in retrospect. Absolutely. Okay. I, I, I like it. Your list so far, Ryan, isn't that like outlandish to me? Okay. Okay. Endgame. I don't, I don't feel like you can't. Like, you can't. Number four is Endgame. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. You can't not that. have Endgame on here. I no, like. every, it needs to be That's on everyone's list. The, yeah, yeah. I'd be questioning. Do I have to explain this? Like, no. Like, it's Endgame. I think if, if there's one thing to mention is just in case anyone didn't watch the last show when I talked about Endgame, you, you said something very authentic. You said, whatever point in your life it was where you were waiting for Endgame, you said, as long <laughs> as I, this is a quote, comic fam, as long, this is what Ryan said. Yes. As long as I don't die before Endgame premieres, Everything will be okay. There we go. So we have Avengers Endgame sitting at number four for all the reasons we chatted about last week. Sure. I don't yeah. remember where it ranked on your list. You might have been. It was, it was, could have been number four or three too. Yeah. Yeah. It was right around there. Okay. Although, 
Great. Go. Okay, next one. Thor Ragnarok at number three. This was my number 10. I yeah. really like Thor Ragnarok. This ranking in the top 10 is a big deal. A big part of your list was, we're basing this off of, what is it, like, which ones you enjoy, which ones you could rewatch. Right. I find this one easier to jump into, especially compared to Endgame. I could throw this movie on, but Endgame, I feel like you have to watch the whole MCU first or, you know, dedicate four hours of your whole day. There you go. The Ragnaros was like, this movie's fun. Just Hulk. I mean, there's just, there's not enough Hulk in the MCU because he's always accompanied in, he's like, he's like legal stuff with them. So I I felt like this is like the closest we got really besides his arc that went through um, all throughout the course of the Avengers movies. What the hell? <laughs> Wait this a minute. This is not a mistake. I yeah. mean, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. This is my you put, number one. You put Thor Ragnarok on number two, and your number one is... My number one MCU project. Oh, on a technicality. Yes. Oh, my God. Not, because in between care. Hawkeye happened. I don't even care. You son of a bitch. I don't care. Oh, knew, my God. I knew you would get mad. Oh, this is crap. Daredevil, this is crap, I will, but I get it. I will stand by it. I get like, it. This show is phenomenal. <sighs> That was, you pulled a fast one on me, Ryan. Right. I like this more than any MCU movie. And I oh. recently, after watching Hawkeye, I went back and restarted all of the Netflix Daredevil, the Netflix MCU stuff. This I'm currently is, in Defenders right now, by the way, which is not so Yeah, funny. you were telling me that Iron Fist, you actually like now have rewatched, now, now having rewatched it so recently that you like it differently. I haven't seen it since it first came out. And mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe I just, because I watched it so fast. I watched it in like two sittings while doing Mystery Mail Call stuff. Right. All week. There we go. But Iron Fist isn't as bad as I remember. But Daredevil is on a whole it's different superb, level. It's superb, and technically speaking, yes, and okay. And especially after No Way Home and, and and Hawkeye with Kingpin stuff, like this is officially canon now, and I I don't I don't care. Like I love this show. I love this show so much. Like watching the rise of Kingpin and like all of the just his performance specifically. Like Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin was like inspired casting, and the role he do, the way he does that whole show. The stunt work, the hallway scenes, like the fight, the fights, the choreography in this show. And then like in season two, when they bring in John Bernthal as Punisher, like that, that just elevates everything. Like, I think he's terrific. Comment fam, hit the like, stop the subscribe. This is Ryan's list. It doesn't have to be your list. It sure as hell isn't mine. He technically gave you his top 10, even though the challenge wasn't to include any of the Netflix stuff and it wasn't to include prior Marvel movies, you know, because I would have put Blade on my list if it it was part of continuity. (laughs) If you were cheating like I was. Yeah, so this is like a top nine, top 10 with an asterisk. (laughs) Nine and a half. Nine and a half. But we want to hear your thoughts in the comment section below. What is... Your top pick. What's your 10th pick? What's your list? Whatever you want to put, um, put it down there. And you know what? Let's uh, roll on over to the next part of the show. But not before we do a giveaway. Congratulations, Ryan. Pick somebody. Oh, pick somebody. I'm going to pick someone who agrees with me. (laughs) Who won? Uh, Paul Beavers. Paul Beavers. Thank you so much for commenting on our live show. We do giveaways while we're live on the mic. It's kind of unique because all the other videos, you just comment in the actual video and then you can get a chance at a giveaway. But here, uh, you took the time out of your day to join us live, us acting a fool talking about funny books. Email us. Yeah, email us, bagsandboardsgiveaway at gmail.com. Bagsandboardsgiveaway at gmail.com. That's how we do it. This is how we do it. All right, cool. I am getting up what I need to do. I already forgot what we picked was next. I remember, man. What are we doing today? Oh, the box. The box. Yeah, but I don't know. I think I may have lost the... Oh, no. Lost something It's right here. there. No, no, no. I need the... Uh, 
the images? The images, uh, uh, the, the specifically the- We bundled it. Yeah, we bundled it. I don't know what happened. Hold on. Um, no geek. Okay, so here, describe, okay. This is the box not to miss. The Explain it. The can't miss comics box. Yeah, what is that? It's a new-ish, I guess this is like four or five months old now. It's a new-ish product. It just started getting rolling. Correct. Unfortunately, we started doing this right when delays and shipping issues started really ramping up because of the supply chain, whatever. But this is a box, a product that we offer at Milgeek Comics. It's technically a Rust thing, but we, uh, we contribute to this box. It is a assortment of 10 comics every month that we ship out to you that are not a mystery. This is different from our mystery mail call. Yeah, completely separate product. An LCS opportunity for you to enroll so that you can be part of the store that we both support. This isn't my store. This isn't Ryan's store. Ryan works there, and I work with Russ, but Russ is an LCS owner. You know, over Street Price Guide Advisor, makes a lot of content for the comic fam. And we heard the community's request in that there is a staggering amount of individuals who just want to get their comics kind of just on auto-send. You know, you're going to get right. the stuff that you can't miss, and that's what this box is. We go through the catalog every single month of books that are announced so you don't have to, basically, because that's a it's 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 kind of a task. You have to sit there and scroll through all these comics that are coming out and like take a risk and pick and choose which ones you want to order. Stay up on it, right? You know what's hot, what's not. You know people have a bit; they have busy lives. I myself sometimes don't get to previews as quick as I should. Sometimes I just rely on my membership to make sure that I get the stuff that I know I'm going to get, and then I'm regretting not getting something. This is the set it and forget it tier, and it's fifty bucks. And you can join right now for February's box. And January's box is going out soon. Correct. Yeah. The, cut, uh, the cutoff to sign up for this box is always the last day of the month for getting next month's box. So right now, the month of January, you have until the 31st, 31st of January to sign up for February's box. Correct. So you only got a you know, little, little less than a month left. But you can support a local comic shop. And as always, we like to remind everybody because this is our, sh our shop that we go to for our comics. You know, there's a bit of a bias there. You know, we're recommending a, a place that we both support. But we encourage everybody to give their local shop a try. It's so important right. to look on Google, just type in comic shop near me and give them a shot. Give them two shots. Give them, give them three tries. You know, let them make some mistakes. Let them piss you off a little bit. Oh, they want to reprice something at the counter. Sucks, but give them a shot. You know, it's a tough business and every, every shop has to, they have their own struggles they have to go through. And the fact that they're around is really important. And we want to support LCSs across the country. The more, the merrier. Exactly. We need more. It's, it's a tough business. However, if you don't have a shop, you've had enough of whatever process it has been for you to get your comic books. This is one of two options Milky Comics have, has so that you can get your comics and stop missing them. So let's go through some comics that are coming out. All right. So these are, as Ryan mentioned, these are comic books that we curated. The because three of us. Yeah. Russ, Tom, and myself pick 10 comics every month. That's right. We pick 10 comics and, you know, I pick a couple. I'm like, yeah, I'm putting this on my pull list. I think everyone should grab one of these because it looks cool. I think it's going to be good. Maybe there's spec room. Maybe there's hotness to it. Maybe there's an artist or a writer. Maybe it's a variant cover. Maybe it's a graphic novel. It doesn't matter. We just, this we month just will be the first, it. this month is the first time that we have now, we're going to start including graphic novels in each one of these boxes too, moving forward, which I'm a big fan of. The first comic on our list. And this right here, I mean, this list is kind of twofold. This is what you shouldn't be missing regardless of if you joined to the box. Because we picked these because we're really excited about them as a team. So this is our time to shed some light on some comics. And if you want to grab them, you can. Whether it's from us or from an LCS. 
And when I say us, I mean Milgate Comics, not directly from us. Okay, so we have Can't Miss Box number one. This is Rogue Sun number one through Image Comics. Now, they're doing something interesting over there. I think they know that they have a hot comic on their hands because the creative team of this is expanding their universe, crossing stuff over. Like Radiant Black? We're talking Radiant Black, baby. That's so good. It's one of my amazing. Of the year. Yeah, we got to talk and like learn about it at that Puyallup show. That was, yeah, it was random seeing Kyle Higgins there. Yeah, was, Kyle was, Higgins was, was just chilling. Nice, yeah, it was a nice treat. Got that's him to right. sign a couple copies of Radiant Black. So this is a new character that's being introduced. And the reason why we know that this is going to kind of lead into a variant black uh, crossover is that the next one that's on this list is something that I've been actually anticipating for a while, not because of the variant black, excuse me, I call it variant black, radiant black, um, not because of that, but specifically because of the spec on it. I was actually told by a handful of stores, like really consider doing exclusive on it. I didn't get around to doing it. I like couldn't a mail figure call, it out. A mail call supermassive. Well, I had some, you know, I get some tips, you know, like, hey, this book, there's a lot of stores starting to pick it up. We don't know what's going on, but a lot of stores that are doing exclusives for it, which typically tells me that there's something behind it. Maybe there's a new character. Maybe there's just excitement beyond Radiant Black. I don't know, but I put it on my list. And I'm excited because Radiant Black's so good. We have Supermassive, which is going to introduce a new character, specifically Rogue Sun um, and Inferno Go Red. And we talked about Rogue Sun just a second ago. So he's getting his own, I'm assuming it's a he, getting his own solo title, but premiering in Supermassive, which right. is pretty This is a crossover between, yeah, Rogue Sun and what is it, Inferno Girl Red, and you can see Radiant Black, the main character of Radiant Black, down there at the bottom. That's right. Which, again, if you are not reading Radiant Black, I strongly recommend that book. It is a lot of fun. Hit the like button, comic fam. Slap the subscribe button. We're talking about comic books you don't want to be missing. We're doing giveaways. We got gorgeous TMNT homages courtesy of Dynamite Comics. Go follow them on YouTube. Let's keep it rolling here. We have... Iron Fist number one. Now, there's the word tentative next to this one, right. specifically because, hey, if we're if if the promise is to get you a certain amount of comics every month, some of these comics change their schedule last minute. Delays so happen a lot. Lately. There's a lot yeah. of back end stuff that goes in to anticipate that, but this is a tentative book as long as it comes out on time, regardless. My understanding is Mill Geek is getting these no matter what, and you can expect it the following month if something happens. So you can not worry. If your plan was to get this book and it doesn't come out, it gets hot, stuff, something happens, you know, as, we, as they approach that, that day of release, you have one of these in your box no matter what. It's going to be there. Yeah. I'm Eventually, thinking. when it comes out. That happened to uh, what is it, Venom and Hulk? In our very first box we did, those those two books got delayed, and there was it's it, it ends up pushing the box back. So we're, we're trying to work past that this time. But uh, Dan. Danny Rand gave his powers to save the world. No yes. longer Iron Fist. Who is the next Iron Fist? A lot of people believe it to be Swordmaster, but what we have here is issue one coming out, and many believe that this is going to be the premiere issue of a new Iron Fist. It looks like it. That doesn't look like Danny Rand there. He's got different color hair, at least, based on the Iron Fist show that I just watched. Boom. <laughs> Iron Fist. There? It's so funny. Okay, let's get it rolling. I'm going to have to rewatch Iron Fist now after yeah, you told me. It's, this it's guy good. came in. He's like, you, when was the last time you watched Iron Fist? I mean, it was actually pretty damn good. That's the first thing. I, I came here screaming. It's like, Tom, like, Tom, 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 Iron Fist, Iron Fist, watch the show. I'm like, what is happening right now? Okay, next one on this list. It's better is, than you remember, but it's still the worst MC, like Netflix show, MCU um, show. Just, just saying. Of, of all of them, but they're all really good. Like Luke Cage is top tier. Anyways, we got to keep it going because we have Gwenverse here. This one's interesting. Spider-Gwen, Gwenverse number one. This is like a what-if issue that does two things. It gets the 
readers and fans of Spider-Gwen excited about the book because it's a one-shot with, or it's not a one-shot, excuse me. It's a five-issue series that's kind of like a what-if narrative is what it's being solicited as. We're going to see what if Gwen Stacy was bitten by a radioactive spider, which, okay, yes, we know that, but what if that was changed? What if she started crime-fighting after um, getting Cap's shield? You know, you know, just, just alternate universe versions of, of Gwen Stacy here. What if she picked up the enchanted hammer? We're going to get like Spider Gwen as Thor, Spider Gwen right as Ms. Marvel, Spider Gwen as Wolverine, as you can see, Captain America. It's all on the cover. This also does a second thing, aside from getting major hype around the fandom. This right here is exactly how Marvel does like testing grounds of new characters. Why would anyone not pick up this book in this environment? For speculation reasons, you mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, let's call that. it how it is. Like, I'm, I'm going to put a, I'm looking for at least a handful of these. Something like, like I want like, a few. Like uh, Captain Carter, right? Like yeah. Peggy Carter as Captain America. This is this book feels kind of like that. Jane Foster as Thor. I mean, I'm into it so just many. for the David Nakayama cover here. I no. love that guy. He's freaking DNA, man. He, he's, he does good work. So David, it's a cool yeah, cover by, if nothing else. But yeah, that's going in the box as well. This next one, AWA Upshot. Man, this was my choice. I picked this one. They're at the just point saying. now when they make a new comic, I'm like, just put it in my box. I don't even, this is a perfect set it and forget it type of narrative to put in this box because Russ would have just threw it in my short box and said, yeah, you're going to pay for this and you're going to take it and you're going to thank me. Some LCS owners do that. You order your five books. There may be eight books in there and they're going to go, yeah, you didn't know that this was coming out and I knew you'd want it. If and you you're find grateful. a good shop, yeah. Some people are, are really on know what you like. We have a, we have one customer that just loves anything Thanos. So if Russ, Russ sees any any Thanos stuff, just I get any Thanos keys. He's like, uh, I may have to like ask. You know, like we got yeah. we got people we got we got to take care of at the LCS. But primos, which means cousin, cousins, in Spanish, this is called primos. It's a one of five issue. Cousins by blood, heroes by choice. What if Mayans blasted off back in the day in a spaceship because ancient aliens, we're not talking Eternals, Jack Kirby. No, we're talking Mayan civilization. Aliens right. was a thing. And they came back, wanted to cause a ruckus with the technology that they've been bestowed. And the Mayans had to have a contingency plan to take on their ancestors who come back with potentially very dangerous weapons. I'm into it. It sounds cool. It sounds spooky and mysterious. And sounds, I dig the alien vibe. Hey, you put it, you got the Mayan temple right there. And well, then the, he, the font, the trade dress looks really cool. Yeah, it's different. And I, it's kind of, dude, I just watched, um, it's a terrible movie to like for historical accuracy, accuracy, but apocalypto. I watched it like two weeks ago for whatever reason. Still I still haven't seen that. Oh, it's so much fun. It's not, it's not like legit historical because they kind of took the Aztecs and Mayans and just said, you just put them together. You know, it's kind of like the same person, which is not. It's terribly and it's there's no good there. A little there. racist, it sounds like. Oh, a little bit. And then <laughs> they, you know, but, and then they mess with the timeline. And like some things are like, that would have happened like 600 years before that. But the main thing is like, you're getting kind of a, a taste of a fictional tale of this time period. And it's a lot of fun when you put aside all the other stuff. All the Riddled with historical historical inaccuracies. Yes. All right. Next on this list, we have Fox and Hair through Vault Comics. Um, the, here's the one thing I know about this book. This has been like 
highly anticipated and was delayed multiple months because of COVID and paper shortages and Bleeding Cool ran an article on it. I saw a handful of other websites at the time and I'm like, what the heck is Fox and Hair? Like, I, it seems kind of All interesting. All I know is when, I, when Russ handed me the, Russ, Russ picked the first few comics to go in this box and then handed me the list to add a few of my choices. Right. This was the very first thing he started with his list. He yeah, Russ Fox was like, one. he's oh, excited. Yeah, Russ is excited about this one. I didn't even know it was coming I, out this month. I I'm glad he mentioned it. it. So I'm, so I'm excited to try it. Um, so being that this is a little new to me, let me read here. Can you read this right here, Ryan? When black market coder Aurora Yi uncovers top secret data that has tapped into the past lives of the citizens of Mazu Bay, her world is turned upside down. The mega corporation Sinistry, Sinistry Designs. Probably Sinistry. Wants kind of on the nose. Sounds sinister. Sinistry Designs wants its data back and is hot on her trail. Aurora has no choice but to turn to the fox and the hare, the most feared mercenaries in the city, for protection. Fox and hare through vault comics coming. Got like a good cyberpunk kind of vibe. Yeah. Cool. Cyberpunk. That's a great way to describe it. Um, the next one on this list is Suicide Squad Blade number one. Black label. Amazing format. You know it's going to be mature. Suicide Squad. They go the distance with that book because people can, they're expected to die. So it's more about how to make it as unique of a death as possible. And this right here has ties to some other books that we really like. What does that mean? Didn't you get told by Porn Sack that you got to pick this book up? Porn Sack, yeah. He made a post about this book like last night or something. Piece of show, you know, the the writer and creator of Good Asian. Yes. Book which you should all read. One of my favorites of 2021. Same here. But. This book is drawn by the artist of Infidel, the book that he had written before, Good Asian. Which has been... He's into it. Every time I'm like, oh yeah, Good Asian's great. He wrote Infidel. If the person has read Infidel, they're like, oh, he did another thing. Like, they're super hyped about it because Infidel was so damn good. Everyone loves that comic. There we go. I need to read it again. So this one's a little wacky. So we have uh, the, the lineup, you know, Captain Boomerang, Peacemaker, Harley Quinn, King Shark, and they're being recruited, but we have five other individuals that are being pulled out of prison aside from them that all have, they're all given like a kind of a superpower treatment that they're going to be able to become super, get all these abilities, but it'll start their time of demise. They have six months to live. These are all people who are in line to be killed on death row. So to them, it's like, oh, I can kind of go out in a blaze of glory and do some good. A blaze of glory? Ooh, Is that what you mean? What? Crazy. Also, I got a giveaway. All right. You got a giveaway. Hit him with it. Going to Travis Tubbs. Oh my goodness. Travis Tubbs says, What are you drinking, Tom? I'm drinking, uh, it's like my favorite caffeine drink. It's blue raspberry flavored sparkling water. It's sparkling ice, zero sugar, and I recommend it. I used to be really big on like energy drinks and same. It's too they're, much. They're bad for you. If you if you switch to sparkling water, life gets easier. And this Ooh. book has to be on your pull list I'm if excited. you don't get it. I'm so hyped about it because these characters who get the superpower treatment, they have six months to live. It enhances them to a crazy degree is what it sounds like. And they're going to have to be managed by Harley Quinn and Peacemaker. It's going to be hilarious. However, if one of them dies, it sounds like from the synopsis that their powers kind of get transferred. And then the other four, because if like the fifth one died, the other four get even more powerful to the point where it's probably going to get more dangerous as the run goes on. I, I just never thought I would say I'm excited for a Suicide Squad book, but here we are. All right, and Butch is in the house causing a ruckus. Butch. Let's keep it rolling. You keep it rolling. Oh, of course. Okay, so this is a big deal. Yeah. You guys are switching things up over there. This is the first time we have started including trades in this box, and 
Someone in the comments mentioned that they miss us doing trades in the mystery mail call. Yeah, we don't do them anymore, but we do do them because we do them in the form of scout comic tags. Correct. We're throwing in digital comic tags into the mail call now. But in this box, in the Can't Miss Comics box, we are we get the opportunity to pick the trade. It's not going to be like a random book like we used to do in the mail call. This is everyone is going to get Geiger Volume One in the Can't Miss Comics box, which is a fantastic comic from last year. It did not quite make my top ten books of the year. But I really love Geiger. There we go. And we love it enough to uh, give it to all of you. And if you've read it, if you already know Geiger, then, you know, it's, it's a good opportunity to, to pass it along, to let someone else borrow it. Hey, Butch. Comic Butch in the house, comic fam. We have Geiger trade paperback number one going in. We reviewed this during one of our review sections of a prior podcast. Highly recommended. It's a lot of fun. It's a very unique dystopian future and a superhero that is kind of crazy but very well designed and just captiva- captivating to follow all throughout this like wasteland of this just destroyed ever, United States. If you've ever played Fallout, it kind of yeah. feels like Fallout the comic. If you like Fallout, this is like Fallout the comic for you. Okay. And then um, we have a couple more. Um, uh, just kind of just, there's some of these that it's one of those situations where if someone gets this box and it's a, you know, can't miss, and it doesn't have House of Slaughter in it, what are we doing, you know? So we have the, the final issue of House of Slaughter going in. Enough this said. Is the, this is the last. House of Slaughter has been included in every box so far because there's a couple of uh, picks that we do for this box that we want to kind of give you a taste of a book as it continues. Right. And we have had, every box so far has had an issue of House of Slaughter because it started the same time that we did this box. Absolutely. This is the last time we're going to put it in here. I don't, I don't think it's over. I don't think it's going to be done. I think it's just us putting, this is the last time we're putting House of Slaughter in here. It says the first arc of House of Slaughter comes to a okay. close. First arc. Okay. Yeah, so this you. is the first arc. So maybe they'll come back. I know that they have something that's killing the children on deck really soon to, you know, after this brief hiatus. Sense. Okay. So they're probably switching out. And um, is this next book also like that? We have uh, Venom. This is issue number five. Right. I've only read through issue number two. Same. I'm a little behind. I'm a little behind, but it's good. And I, I do have the comics. I mean, we have Al Ewing. We also have Ron V. Ron v. They're, they're and, both writing this book. Yeah. And, and it's just, you got to read it. Like, this is a very special moment in time. The fact that we had a legendary run on Venom and a legendary run on Hulk, Immortal Hulk, Al Ewing, Venom, Donny Cates. And then they switch titles. Yeah. We have to see the ride that they're going to take us on. We have to experience it. Venom's been fun so far, and we got the. If you've been on the Can't Miss box since the beginning, you will have the first five issues of Venom. I'm interested to see what we pick as ongoing books moving forward. There we go. Kind of looking forward to that. All right. And as it's been mentioned, uh, you know, Butch can't read, but he can get the vibes from the chat. Yes, he's looking a little bigger. Chief <laughs> R.D. Harris. Is that a is that a giveaway? You're gonna give them a comic yeah. We're gonna give him a comic book. <laughs> you know what? Here, but here's the thing. He's looking more muscle. He's kind of got the That's kingpin it. vibe going he's been, on. He's been doing bench presses. He's just I've getting muscle. That's what it is. He's yeah. actually on a diet. I bought him an auto feeder. It's oh. a thing, and he's enjoying it. I enjoy it. There's a certain time of day, you hear this machine making its noise, and then the cat just <laughs> wants that. He wants that. That. Pebble food. It's so it he can go work out more and get, you know, you have some to bicep it, curls. You got to go to the gym, man. Squats. Butch likes to do, do it squats. like Jim Mint. It's your boy, Jim Mint. Killing it at the gym. Okay. So we are now moving on to the next part of the show. Hit the like, slap the subscribe button, comic fam. We have comic books to discuss. It was a damn good week, Ryan. We picked, uh, we picked some good books for, uh, for this show. 
We're going to start off with one that I've only, like full disclosure, which I typically try to read the entire arc, but for whatever reason, I couldn't, I don't have my issue four and five of this. So I only read one through three, Okay, but it's okay because we don't really, we go light spoilers and the spoilers that we give, it's because we got to, cause we want to get you to read the book. So we're still going to be reserved in all this. However, we have AWA upshot. We have not all robots that we got to discuss. And who is this? The creative team. Ryan. Writer is Mark Russell. The art is from Mike Diodato Jr. And the colorist is Lee Lowridge. That's right. This book made my top 10 books of the year list that I just recently put a YouTube video out, actually. That's right. Follow him on YouTube. You'll but, get videos uh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Not very often, but I did do a top 10 of 2021, and this was number four, I think. It's a book that is so fun to read. It, you have a narrative that's in a future where humans have fully given the job of what we probably in this dystopian world take advantage, take for granted, which is working and doing things and robots do it for you. So humans are like now living in a dome essentially. And different, different cities have kind of been bubbled off. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can see here, there's like the city is thriving inside the bubble, but outside is just a burnt out wasteland where there's not, there's barely any life. Yep. And what you'll notice here is that there are, as far as life goes, we have you know destruction all around. It's a wasteland, but we also have uh, robots living amongst hu amongst humans because they're the ones in charge of everything. Humans have given the responsibility of robots to take care of all things that they would need to do, from making money for your home, essentially portraying the traditional father role, Correct. and that's what this is this kind book of plays with that dynamic with. a lot, and it's it's. The thing I like to do with sci-fi is kind of like take the world that it sets up for you and like rewind it to where it branches off from our world. Sure. And this is this is very close to like we're already automating a lot of jobs, right? Like a lot of factory jobs and stuff are, are being done by robots. And if you just fast forward that a little bit to what if the robots just do all the work because we just want to chill. That's right. What if they do all the work except for except possibly for like being a hairdresser, which is as you can see on the screen here. My favorite panel in the whole run. I yeah. Think. That's what I like about this book is that it's funny in so many parts of the comic, but it's also very heady sci-fi. Yeah. You know, that's Mark Russell though. Yeah, it is. Like, and when you look at this, these panel placements, like all this, all these lines, I imagine that this empty space, first off, you are losing upwards of what? 10% of the art room. On the, the real page. estate, yeah, but it kind of bleeds out through there, like in the bottom corner. I'm not, I don't know, I don't have an art brain, so I'm not sure what the what the the thought process is. But it stands out. It makes you feel like this is futuristic. It kind of makes it more believable because you're seeing something that hasn't happened yet, and with enough realism, you can kind of put yourself in their shoes a bit. And we follow three different narratives. Technically, we have humans being essentially in prison that they made themselves. Right. You have families who are this is like them watching TV. There's robots doing talk shows, it's a talk show. This is like a running talk show that kind of appears throughout the series. Right. But, but we yeah, also have the, the main characters of our story, I guess, the Walters, the, the Walters, Walters Ooh, the Walters. I, I don't think about this book when I think of Walter, but that's for no. another day. We have the Walters and this is the first narrative that we're following, which is the experience of a standard American middle income family. Right. You know, this is what their day-to-day -day life is. And what is the dad, the mom, and the kids waiting for? Well, they're waiting for their robots to, sh to show up from work. Right. They've just been hanging out all day. 
I guess the kids go to school, but it's kind of pointless. Exactly. It's kind of pointless. And this robot, they don't have a great relationship with. So throughout this, what will be a five issue series. It just finished, by the way, this this week, I think. Oh, what is last week? The fifth issue just dropped. So this is now wrapped up. Yeah. But when we originally planned this show, it was still ongoing. Yeah, that's true. So we have the narrative of the perspective, the perspective of the family, but we also have their robot. Razor Ball? Razor Ball. is his name? His name gets switched for good, funny reasons later on, but it's Razor Ball. And he is also a character you follow in that his job sucks. He's not liked in his home because right. humans are starting to... They're, just, they're not doing good. They talk about it briefly in this book, but there's some robots have like glitches where they will accidentally murder their entire families. <laughs> like Everyone is kind of like constantly on edge, like worried that maybe today's the day my robot comes home and, and just kills our entire family. Yeah, we're dealing with a place in time, a moment where things are kind of becoming, they're getting close to their breaking point. Right. And this robot is mad about his work life because he's just a robot at work, but then he has to go home and he's not appreciated by the family. So he's like, I hate it at work. I hate it at home. You know, what am I doing? So there's distress that is represented in this character we follow, but you know, this is shared amongst other robots that look like him. And I mentioned that because of the third narrative that we're following the robots. They're, they're not as relatable to humans because they look like robots. So the robots are making humanoid robots that look like humans. Right. Cause just that like, should fix the problem. Just like Battlestar Galactica. Exactly. Yeah. Your favorite. Exactly. So we have now a, you know, humans are kind of the second class citizens to the robots, but it's about to shift downward one. And right. the robots are being told, you will be replaced. We have better robots coming. So now you're going to see the humans and the robots start to get uneasy. And if you've, if you've been paying attention, you can kind of see how there's some social commentary going on here in terms of all kinds of different real world issues like the, uh, the breadwinner of the family being depressed and going to work. Stewing, uh, you know, resentment, and uh, this is how this is how toxic masculinity happens. Uh, you also have, like Tom's saying, the second the class system at work, like the just the overall the the ro- the fact that this robot is like incredibly depressed with his job and his home life. It makes you think about the way this impacts you in the real world, right? And the the mixture of humor and like real world heavy issues like that is is uh, something special. We have then a catastrophe that takes place. One robot decides to just shut off one of the dome's air, flood it with carbon dioxide. Eh, poison doesn't matter. Kills. Bubble, bubble Orlando is completely, everyone in the, in the bubble is, is, is dead. 200,000 people get killed by a robot, and he doesn't go to jail. The robots are starting to look out for each other because of this distress that they're all experiencing. They're kind of banding together against humans, but then there's a faction of them that are also trying to raise the level of robot control by creating this new robot. It's, it's a lot of robot stuff and I love it, especially when you have scenes that are as dark as this cuz there's a really, really there's a really funny scene where the uh the robot who is in charge of the climate control in Bubble Orlando who like malfunctioned and kills everyone on accident, he has to go to like robot court. Yes. Where when you go to court in this city since the judge is a robot, He's, it's an algorithm, so you plug in your defense, which is just a, like a USB. Yeah, you put your defense on a flash drive, plug <laughs> it in, the computer's like in 3 seconds you're like guilty, not guilty. Not guilty. You're good. <laughs> so it's like he walks in for this trial and like less than a second later he walks right out and he's not guilty and it's just it's a, it's another thing where it's like a lot of times there's like some Smart. sort of uh 
trials that happen in our current world where maybe the verdict is not what people wanted and it kind of plays off of that too. Like there's a lot of, this works in the comic, but if you want to, there's a lot of real world implication here, which I really appreciate. I would say of all of the books that we're covering, I think this one has the, probably the most potential for option status. Okay. I, I think that'd be cool. I think it would be really cool. It, it really feels like it this was written has for a lot, a lot here. It has a lot to offer. Yeah. So I really like it. Um, not all, ro- not all robots, a book that everyone's got to read. It's out and I'm sure graphic is coming soon. I got it pre-ordered. I'm, there we go. It's a $10 book, by the way. AWA has been pretty good about pricing their trades. There we go. I like that. Affordable sounds good to me. We have a very special book to talk about next. Now, this is going to be a total bias, comic fam. We have to. We have you know, to I don't lie to you. Our biases up front. Our bi- oh. biases. My homie made a comic book. Eris Quinones. Shout out to him. They did it. Well, Tim is part of Variant Comics, but Eris Quinones teamed up with multiple individuals with the power of Variant Comics and their team to propel this comicsology exclusive and to make it a reality. And it just concluded. And it's brilliant. This was a fun book. I haven't read too many of these comicsology originals, which is weird because I have not been shy about my love for comicsology. But getting to read this was a fun treat, especially since, you know, we have a. We have a friendship with Eris. So Eris is one of my best friends, and he is uh, the host of Variant Comics, which is known as one of the very few, like under four, get this kind of credit in the YouTube space as one of the grandfathers of comic-themed content on YouTube. You know, when you type in, if there's a character that gets introduced in the MCU, if there's any new news about really any major pop culture event as it pertains to Marvel, DC, and independent stuff... It's that channel that people go to to learn about it. You know, if the you've history ever of at videos. A video of comic stuff on YouTube. There's a solid chance that you have seen a video from Variant Comics. Absolutely. And Eris teamed up with a powerful team and created an entire comic world. And um, who do we have on this? We have Frank. Frank J. Barbieri and Eris wrote this together. How do you pronounce the artist's name again? <laughs> that was a tough one. Uh, Ruiri? Ruiri? Ruiri. <laughs> Ruiri Coleman does the pencils. And the colors are by Lauren Afe. Afe. And then letters by Taylor Espino- Esposito. Esposito. There you go. And this is a comicsology original. This is something new. You know, we had a handful of creators start making comic books, including Scott Snyder. And Eris's pitch and book was so good that they wanted to put that next to Scott Snyder in the release. I think he was, I think he predated Scott Snyder. I think all the Scott Snyder stuff happened after this. It was kind of like, uh, I think it was alongside to a degree, and there were times that this book performed even higher. Because uh, it's a superhero comic, and I read I read a, one or two of the Scott Snyder series, and those are all different genres, but this is like a pure, pure superhero comic, actually, in more ways than one. It's so, you know, it's a weird way to describe it, but like every time, like when I read it and experienced it first off through mobile, it was very enjoyable. I'm not as big of a digital reader, but... The pacing of the book is so good, which it has to be in a short five issues. And the movement of panels that Comixology sets up for the mobile device, it made this so fun to read. It was like slightly interactive and it felt like there was planning that went into the digital readability. However, although you can't get the single issues, the graphic novel is coming out on trade paperback and I'm excited to read it in that method as well. But it's a modest 
superhero story. Like it's you've used that it, word a couple of times to describe it. I, yeah, I like, I like your your reasoning behind that. Well, you have um, it's it's a it's a tribute to comics, man. Like when you say like when you're reading this, we, we follow Noah Sands, which is this character here on the screen, and Noah Sands is a journalist who uh, let's see here. Noah Sands is a journalist, and his it's it's his responsibility to write articles about astonishing times superheroes because in the 1970s superheroes emerged and they were living amongst us but now in day-to-day life the quote is people don't look up anymore right we got used to it because which is an interesting way to build this narrative and this world because it's yes it's kind of got some flavors of yeah he's a journalist like peter parker you know we have a character that's very similar to batman you know eris has even said this is like our batman version he was super powerful really cool um we have a focus where the character himself is going through an origin tale and he is the fan of superheroes like we would be. However, the world, people don't like superheroes. So the invincible vibes and the boys vibes that come out of this book, they're very real, but it's more grounded in realism in this story than any of the fantastical narratives that you see in traditional superhero modern day tales. There's a scene early on in issue one where he goes into his editor's office, all excited that he's going to get this new promotion and get a a new story. But his editor basically says the newspaper is kind of sucking. No one's really buying it anymore. People don't really care about superheroes anymore, kids. So you're going to, we're going to have to, you know, let you go. And just that, that scene really hit me because it was like depressing and and real. And you, you like feel his sense of crushing disappointment because he walks in there all happy. Like, yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to get this raise. Things are looking up, and they're not. Yeah, he's he's a writer for a newspaper that it's it just it feels very realistic and plausible because the community that lives in this society have just given no craps about superheroes for so long that it's a forgotten interest. So we follow a character that's like us in the pages. He collects the action figures. He puts the superhero posters up on his wall. He's a father. He's got a kid. He's got a wife. We get to see their relationship develop and you want to root for him, but you also are laughing with him because you're geeking out with him as he experiences superhero things. And there's also another layer in here because his dad used to be this same reporter. He used to have the same kind of beat the superhero. He took over the job essentially back when people kind of cared a little bit more back in, you know, the eighties and the nineties when his dad was alive. Correct. But now he's got his dad's old job and and society has kind of just moved on. This is a murder mystery superhero tale. So we have the introduction of someone who is... Gold Rush? This is Gold Rush. Now, we won't get too much away about this book because everyone can go read this. This is a Comixology original. So if you have Comixology, you can just go read all five issues right now. This character gets killed brutally. And that's also really fun that we have... Yeah, more grounded, maybe even some would say kind of PG-13 vibes sure. of, of violence, but it does get brutal enough. There's a melted guy right there. And he is. Looks pretty crispy. Fully crispy on the floor. Let's zoom in. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Let's get nice, a good shot of that. Nice melty skin. It's beautiful. So you have superheroes that are being killed, the ones that people kind of forgot about. You know, a little Watchmen vibes, anyone? But it's good. This, again, this is like a full tribute to everything Eris loves about superheroes. I'm glad you pointed that out because that was the main influence I felt when reading this was there was, there was a lot of Watchmen vibes in the fact that somebody from this old superhero team of, of years gone has been murdered and, like, 
the the initial plot is who killed this guy. So there's definite Watchmen flavor, but like Tom pointed out earlier, it's got Invincible and Boys, a little Peter Parker spice thrown into the mix. It's definitely a love letter to comics. It's been 15 years since the cataclysm, and most people seem to have forgotten it ever happened. This is a moment where he would lose his father. This is a moment where superheroes would begin to become just like everyday people to most society. I love the the V, the variant logo. It pops up multiple times in this comic. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eris pops up in this comic. I mean, we'll, we'll show that yeah. here. So this is our character. This is Noah Sands. And as we mentioned, he is struggling to keep his job. You want to root for him. But, you know, you have the editor who's giving him crap. And we get introduced to this character here, someone who kind of seems like a washed up hero, but clearly he's agile. He knows some acrobatics. This is the superhero that is trying to discover what happened to the, you know, the murdered superheroes. Someone's killing off heroes. So, you know, kind of Rorschach vibes here. I think this is the Batman character that Ares was talking about, if I'm not mistaken. And this is. Looking like an old hobo there. That's right. Koken. Koken. Yeah, he's like Samurai Batman to a degree. Yeah. It's freaking is, kick ass. Which is cool. Yeah, That's you know, cool. there's some really cool podcasts about the creation process of this when they were designing the kinds of weapons he utilizes and how he decides to fight. And the way that it was put is this is a character that doesn't need all these weapons. It's the difference of he's going to he's going to get you like he's going to he's going to take care of the situation. You don't want to fight him. He is a A-lister superhero. However, whether he beats you in five seconds or three seconds is going to be the reason why he has these extra features. You That's know? a terrible choice. Do I get beat up in five seconds or do I get beat up in three seconds? You know, it's like it depends Stay on the tuned. situation. Yeah. So um, we find out that Koken needs to reach out to Noah to find out what he knows because he knows Noah's dad used to be a journalist and probably has information that he needs. Correct. It's kind of a stretch, but, you know, he's, it's, it's as good of a lead as he can hope for in this moment. That's right. And this character um, starts getting gunned down because, you know, we're, we're in a kind of a weird police state is what it seems like. You know, with superheroes, it's a little bit of a little bit if of unrest. I, if I could make a, like a, a, a criticism, a sure. constructive criticism, I wish there was maybe one or two more issues in this story, if only to kind of flesh out the surrounding world a little bit more. And it like could be said, coming. Like, what is the world? Like, why? Maybe I just read it too fast or something. But like, why? Why are they shooting superheroes in this? Like, what? What? What is the? What is the? And they don't even world? know he's a superhero at this point. This That's is true. just somebody just in the dark. Well, they say he's past curfew, I believe. So there's yeah. some weird laws going around. Right. And I think that's why this is a. It feels like this is a five issue series that is going to have a continuation. I hope so, because this felt like too, a little too rushed. It was. It was very short. Yeah. But it, it good short. And then, you know, as this, you know, police force tries to take out these individuals, a sword comes out, and then we, were, we are introduced to an elite superhero that's kind of not been working for a while, but he has been behind the scenes. Yeah, we don't want to give too much away about where the story goes from here, I don't think. But no, no, we're not, we're not cool going to get to it. No, but if anything, we should describe uh, Koken, because this character, um, Dark Defender of Justice... I really enjoy the art style all throughout this these issues because we get flashbacks. We also go in the mind of Noah at one point. We won't give too many you know details away, but being introduced to other superheroes in a short five issues with pacing as good as it is is a tough thing. Yeah, and it's accomplished in this book. I was very impressed every single page. 
You did good, Aris. You done good, brother. And Frank and Ruri. The whole team. <laughs> the whole team did a, did a killer job. The colors are great. The art style changes as we experience it differently, page by page. And look at the character design. This right here had a lot of effort that went into it. I can't imagine, like, man, I want to make comics, but it's one of those things where there's so much to think about. You actually had to sit down and design a superhero, like, yeah. blank page, like, go, like, yeah, create like, something. What no. are the shoes going to be like? Because right? the shoes are big, you know, it could be a plot device. Who knows? Like, to, to the to the little buttons on this guy's back. Like, right. all this thought that goes into Almost it like and Geiger. being a breakout comic for Eris it is just really cool. I'm really proud of him. Yeah, it's a cool moment. Yeah. Kind of pissed that I waited so long to read it. There we go. Comic fam, comicsology. Get yourself some astonishing times and make sure to support Eris over on Variant Comics. It's a great YouTube channel. Um, this is a, a really cool shot of Koken because he shoots these um, like ninja stars out of his wrists. And his sword out of the handle has like this thing that zips out the handle. So his weapons somebody... have multiple weapons within them. Yeah, very it's bad. It's cool. Man. It's very, very cool. Yeah. All right. Um, hopefully we can get Eris actually on the show to chat about this because I'm a, I'm fascinated by the creative process. I know it's different with everyone, but, you know, being that he's a friend, I'm sure, he, and he's been on the show before, I'm sure he'll come on and, and tell us about his cool. experience. I've never talked to him. I'd like to. He made a whole graphic novel. Come on, Eris. Like we, we got homies in the community who make comic books and Weird. it's an accomplishment and it's amazing. But some homies have made full graphic novels. That is a accomplishment. That is very tough to do. Send them in to us, by the way. If you want us to like read them, maybe hand them out in the mail call or something. I don't know. I know. Talk about get, it on the show. Oh, we're going to be getting some, you know, for the when we need, Dark we Horse need comic karma. We do. We need comic karma. Got to spread out that goodness, that good comic vibe. Okay, now we're going to get to some heat. You want to do crossover or Nightwing? Oh, way to spoil the, the last two books we have. It, they're fantastic. Let's do crossover. Crossover. Donny Cates. Donny Cates. Donny Cates. No one's really talking about this book anymore. We're going to have to fix that. What do you think? There's. I'm kind of stressed out about this, actually. I've been, I've been worried about how to, how to describe this comic. and Donny Cates, Jeff Shaw. Donny Cates, Jeff Shaw, D. Kuniff. Kuniff? Kuniff? I don't know how to pronounce their last name, but... We apologize. It's a great creative team. John J. Hill. Crossover. This book is very, very important that everyone reads. If you like comic books, if, you have had, if you've been a fan of comic books for longer than a couple of years... Right. If you indulge in more than just like the trifecta at DC, if you pick up more than, you know, if you get independent comic books, if you have a pretty large fandom, there's going to be something in this run that speaks to you, that's going to make you laugh, that's going to get you excited. We have to tread so lightly with crossover because the reason why it's magnific magnificent is because of the reveals that are all throughout it and how Donny Cates was able to accomplish doing something that is literally impossible. And that also is why I believe people have gone light on this book. It's almost like a victim of its own marketing in a way. It really was. Let's, let's actually take it back a little bit. Because Rewind. About a year ago. Okay. About a year ago, there was enough potential Easter eggs that were coming out of Marvel and DC for different reasons. Let's talk about a couple of them. Sure. Doomsday. Doomsday clock. Doomsday clock. Correct. What happened? There was a panel in there that made a brief reference. Very was it twenty thirty? Yeah, like about, about Doctor Manhattan seeing in the future where Superman fights a green rage monster who is stronger than Doomsday. Right, a Thor of yeah. a different world. Just vague references to Marvel characters, 
And then around the same time, Donny Cates writes in Thor issue two about Black Winter destroying universes. Specifically, a universe where there were leagues of heroes, specifically a speedster and a... Emerald Knight for for the Green Lantern. There we go. You know, we got shout outs. We even see kind of a a Superman-esque... Blur. Blur. It's clearly the Justice League. So this is what happened. That all took place, and beyond comic speculation, because it happened in comic spec for sure, the mainstream picked it up. I mean, we just talked about Eris Quinones. I mean, Variant Comics has a video up talking about this speculation that hit like 350,000 individuals. That's the view count. Yeah. It went viral that was Marvel and DC doing something together? Was Donnie Cates involved? Was Jim Lee involved? What could be going on? And people started to really believe it. I wanted it to be true until I went to C2E2 two years ago. And what would happen is, at C2E2, I would interview Donnie Cates. I would talk about this particular book. And he would, I, I didn't ask him specifically if like Marvel was crossing over with, with DC. I was just like, what's up with these panels? And he straight up laughed and said, I wanted a reason to kill the DC universe. I thought it would be funny. And he says what he always says. I can't believe what I am able to do right now. Like I'm a kid in a candy store attitude. I can't believe they're saying yes to these ideas because it's so damn good. But- they're letting him get really close to the line, right? He wanted to kill the DC universe, so he did it. It's kind of like a funny thing he wanted to do. It had nothing to do with the buildup of Marvel and DC. That's when my my hopes were kind of crushed about this crossover event, but I still respected the play. I think it was a brilliant thing to put in Thor. It was fun. It made sense. It kind of gave you know a sense of stakes to the Black Winter and you know showed you how serious it was. But yeah, it ultimately didn't really mean anything else. Beyond. It didn't. But then crossover would get solicited. A, a book that Donny Cates was writing. Right. Now, his tweets about it, hyping it up. I can't believe what they were going to let me get away with. All of this buildup, people confused the two. Yeah, there was a little bit of anticipation, to say the least. They were thinking we were going to see Superman in this comic book. Or Batman. Or anyone from DC, Wolverine, Emerald, yeah, you know. yeah, we're gonna see some crazy crossover event, and it's happening at Image, which is even weirder. Here's the thing: it had nothing to do with one another, and that's not Donny Kate's fault. And every tweet that he had posted hyping this book, if that never happened at DC and he never wrote what he did in Thor, it would all be the same commentary. It is still mind-boggling that he's getting away with what he's doing in crossover. He has every right and reason and really anyone would do it for what he's getting away with in this comic book that he's doing to speak about this the way he did. But the expectations were off. That's not what it was. It wasn't a Marvel's DC crossover to a degree because Marvel and DC do crossover in this comic. There are characters in this book, but they are not in the book where he can get sued. Yeah, they're... They're, uh... They're very clearly uh, aware of the uh, the legal limit of of how much similarity they're allowed to do. Like, there's characters with claws coming out of their hands. Like that that looks clearly to me like Black Adam right up there at the top. Yeah, we have. But it's a, not exactly him. And it gets even like more on the nose than that. Now, is this a full on crossover to other publishing companies? No. Are other publishing companies IPs? insinuated to be in the pages of this book? Absolutely. Is it an image comics crossover event? Yes, Yes. absolutely. 
and images filled with independent titles that you wouldn't even think would cross over. Geiger could show up in this book. Very well could. At any minute. Like, Jeff Johns can show up in this book. Yeah. I think, any, I think a lot of people dropped this book almost immediately once they realized it was not a Marvel DC crossover. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a mistake. I think you owe it to yourself to give this book, the first arc, a try. Because, especially in issue six, there is a lot of... The, the full promise of this book is kind of on full two-page spread display. And I think if you don't like that, then I think you're allowed to check out because that's really, for me, that was the payoff of the whole, the whole story arc. See, I disagree. I, I got to issue six and I was hyped about it, but I don't think if you've read to current issue 10, yeah. you don't know what you have in your hands yet. That's true. I Think about it like, like the MCU, right? Like you get Avengers, the first Avengers movie, and you see it all happen and you see the magic of them all teaming up. And that's like, oh my God, I love this. But then you get to like, Civil War and Infinity War and Endgame, and you see the full like reveal of the everything. scope of I would kind what's of being done to that. There's like an initial like whoa moment, but then you see the scope, yeah, and you see what they're actually allowed to play with as the story kind of carries on and gets a little more meta. Mm-hmm. There's there's no other comic like this right now. This comic book clearly isn't something with an intention to be made to try to be optioned, which to each their own. I'm totally fine with creators trying to make that happen. That's how they win long-term, and that's how we get these fandoms to emerge in, in a large sense. A lot of comic books are made to try and create an idea that could carry on somewhere else. I don't get that vibe from this. I don't see this happening ever. I don't want this to be a movie. I don't. This is, but that's the beauty of it. You only want this type of narrative in comic books. It could only be done in this comic books. This is a celebration of comic books. And I think you have to, like, this is not a good first comic for someone to read. You have to be familiar with a lot of different properties and it's characters. It's not for those types of readers. Correct. It's for comic readers, as we mentioned. And I'll go as far to say, it's for the industry. It's for other artists and writers to enjoy. Because this right. is a world where comic book narratives, the genre itself collides with our timeline and emerge in our reality. That's the crossover of the story, like comic book. All. Yes. Everything that's ever been drawn, which is kind of a trope to a degree. You know, we've heard narratives like you draw it, it comes to life. But the idea that all comic history, Superman, Batman, all the good guys, Dracula, Dracula, and all the bad guys exists now in a world that is our own, where Issue two starts off with the death of Brian K. Vaughn. This is trash. Well, this wrong is one. Trash. Wrong one. Brian there K. it is. is not trash. I love Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah. Brian <laughs> K. Vaughn, we love you, even if they spell your name wrong. I need to get my new soundboard. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Brian K. Vaughn. Scott Snyder is missing. These creators are all in this comic book. You must have gotten permission to do this. I mean, it's 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 fascinating because it's so it's more than just meta. <laughs> it's like yeah. It's like super meta. It's, it's, <laughs> Whatever the you want to know what is. it is, Ryan. It's genius. No, there's like it's trash. No, like, it's not no, trash. It's, no. definitely, not it's trash. definitely not trash. No, no. And we have a, a comic book that's worth mentioning. So let's let's give him a little taste of what even, the book is. Barely described. We have. Comic. Do we even need to get into it more? Yeah. The, okay, let's get into it more. So so superheroes exist alongside a, in our reality. They're confined to one area. Comic books have become essentially like canceled because no one likes superheroes except for the diehard comic fans. Right. Fans. And it's, it's, it's similar narratives to the comic history that we have, you know, kind of like how back in the day they would burn comics and yeah. like there was a lot of 
social unrest and rage against comic books. Oh, this art too. Jeff Shaw, man. This is like the same team that did God Country, which you need to read, especially if you want to read crossover. Reading God Country first would help. Yep. It may or may not, you know, show up in this book, which is which is kind of the fun of reading crossover. But, yeah. Oh, this page. Yeah, but but it's kind of you know what I kind of want to do is that if we end up talking about this again, we'll go in like full spoiler and do a different type of show because there's a lot we can do a whole show on Chip Sadarsky's issue. That's Oh my god. Okay. Why would you go as far to say that of all of 2021, yes. Chip Sadarsky's issue of crossover was one of the best comic book issues to come out in the entire year? It would definitely if I were to make a top 10 issues of 2021, like crossover number 7 would be on that list. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've talked about that comic book, dude. It's I th- I think if you If you if don't you, know what I'm talking about comic fam, that's why we're talking about crossover today. What does that you, sentence mean? If, if you don't know what I'm talking about with, with Chip Zdarsky writing issue seven. Yeah, a guest writer takes over. And yeah, artist. if you don't know what I'm talking about there, that's why we have to talk about crossover. You need to read crossover. Because if you don't know at least what happened in crossover with Chip Zdarsky, it doesn't matter if you're not a big fan of Donny Cates. It's not a big fan of any of this like narrative stuff doesn't intrigue you enough. Oh, Brian Michael Bendis is in the book. Yeah, he's in the book. In the book. He takes over as a guest writer too, actually. He writes part of it. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's hard. It's a hard balance between like letting you discover some of the surprises for yourself and telling you how awesome this is. This also reminds me of Nice House on the Lake. Actually, yeah, a little page. bit. We have man. There's that's the thing with this book is that the best part of it is what happens. It's the reveals. It's yeah. discovering it for yourself, experiencing it page by page. There's so much crossover that happens that there's going to be characters you're not familiar with, and then there's going to be characters that you are familiar with. I don't think I want to show them anything else. But what I will leave you with is this. For all the people who were frustrated about there not being more of a crossover that happens, I'm going to give one reveal. An effort to like get you to just get through the 10 issues because it's going to be worth it. And it's important. Like this is a special book. It could only be done, honestly, by Donny Cates right now. I can't even think of other right. I can't think of like... Like top tier writers that can do what Donny Cates is doing in this book. I, I actually Scott don't. Snyder, but I don't know if he has like the right. It's not right. It yeah, like it's the not attitude. right. That's something Donny Cates. The, could only can I do. say the ego, the bad boy, of comics. the bad boy? Yeah. You have to have that. That especially considering what happens quality. in number ten. Yeah, especially like, with what happens in number ten. So, what are you spoiling? You said you were. Gonna I'm going to spoil it. Thing. Okay, so yeah, yeah, we don't get Batman and Superman. I don't even want them in the book. They kind of are. I mean, you they see a are. lot of characters with capes and like there's definitely somebody with the arm. Yes, but you know, spikes. they. but people want to see like, I'm Bruce Wayne. And it says the Batman and it says trademark. Like yeah. that's what people wanted when they went into this. By the time you get through issue 10, you're not going to feel like that. You're going to so be happy even, with what you get and happy of how little he, I mean, how much he did and was able to get away with, but didn't go fully over yeah, the we line. Don't, we don't want that. What is? Where is the line? Exactly. Where is the line? So are you going to show that spawn page? Uh, we should just get into Okay, well, we'll spoil it. We, we got a lot of good images off of here. Look at this. Like, God hates masks. This whole first uh, arc is sure. called Kids Love Chains. That's what Todd McFarlane said about 90s books. He's like, oh, kids love chains. You got to share it. Oh, I got to share it. Here we go. There you go. Oh, yeah. Here, we'll, we'll, we'll bring that back up here. So we got God, God hates masks because... It's definitely Com- like a lot of a lot of religious groups hate comic books, and there's there's a lot of protesting outside of comic. A little shops. bit of a trope, yeah, but that's what it's about. Sure. It's, it's a tribute to comic books and yes. the history of comic books. As you can see by this next image, 
Yes. We have uh, the, the comic store owners wearing a shirt saying Wortham was right. Oh. And the fact that this is the last comic shop in existence and this comic shop owner is the last comic shop owner in existence. He's like the biggest stereotype of a of a comic shop. Like bitter, bitter, bitter. Imagine like, it just is what it is, man. It's a it's a hard business, and over time you get kind of discouraged with a lot of different things. And this is someone who's in the last comic shop. Yeah, it's like why the last man of comic book stores, <laughs> which would be an awesome comic to read anyway. I know. There we go. Um, I wanna, but no. yeah, I want to comic about this guy's daily life at at a comic shop. Ah, but this panel, like, they find this girl who is like a refugee from the the bubble where all the comic book characters live, and she has somehow escaped the bubble and is trying to like find her parents. But this is a comic book character in our real world who is in extreme danger because nobody wants her around. Right. They, they're they very prejudiced against all superheroes for good reason because they're kind of bonkers insane. Yeah, I'm deciding if I want how much I want to reveal at this point. I want to kind of back it up. So what we're going to show you is... Okay, so this right here is... This is about as dedicated of a reveal as you get to like... That's clearly yeah. Batman right there in the, in the left. And that's part of the fun of this comic is like looking real close and, and catching Easter eggs like that. Sure. But that's as close as you get to like this is Batman. Right. He's there. That's him. But you don't you don't need the full page reveal. And I didn't even know this was an homage. It's an homage in Spawn issue 10. You know, you have uh uh Dave Sims and Cerebus the Aardvark. and this was a commentary on the kind of trap nature that creators get in as it pertains to their characters that they create and then them t being taken over by like corporate, corporate, characters. corporate characters, like the corporations and, they and the ownership. They, they're having their, their, their rights stripped. Right. And they even have in spawn issue number 10, right? So it was number 10. Yeah. I think it was 10. Yeah. Yeah. Number 10. Um, th this page here, which is clearly an homage. Donnie Cates is on a creative spree right here. Like he's able to do what he wants and how he wants it. And also bring in, real life individuals who are writing comics right now and drawing comics into the pages of this book as characters. If you are a fan of comic books, which you probably are, if you are watching this show, like you need to at least try crossover. It's, it's like nothing else being published or maybe even that has been published. Yeah. It, it's incredibly unique. So, you know, as far as if you were, if you, if you gave up on it because of the, the, the aspects that we chat about already in this video, I will say that the, what crossovers do happen are just as good as I would have hoped them to be if there was these larger, more grandiose and we've crossover had events. Comics in, in decades past with like Superman versus Captain America. Ooh, wonder who wins. Like, yeah. it, it was always kind of silly and just right. like a big fight, you know. And there's 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 more meat on the on the bone with crossover to like explore. And especially when you really think about it, like there's way more characters and titles produced through Image of a wide variety of stories and like genres and all of that is at play here. So there is a lot of potential for characters that you know and comics that you know to pop up here and they do. Hit girl, battles, walking dead zombies that are drawn in black and white and slices them up. Need I say more enough said? That's what it's about. You need to read crossover. Next one on our list. This right here, you know, we just got done talking about Donny Cates, may be rivaling my favorite ongoing superhero book right now. I love me some Thor. This is my favorite superhero book. This right now. may be like, I, what I can say is there is no superhero book that I am as excited to read on the day of release as this next one. 
we got Nightwing. Hot damn, comic fam. This is a freaking amazing team. Tom Taylor, Bruno Redondo. Redondo. Bruno, Bruno Redondo. That's right. And color. Adriano um, Lucas. Adriano this book, Lucas. This book made number three out of my top 10 2021 comics. This book is glorious. Yes. It is visually stunning, superb writing. It is the color work enhances every single page to the point where you want to reread the damn thing. And Bruno, this is like, this is a match. Like he will be known as one of the best, if not the best person to have ever drawn Nightwing in comic books. At least of our time in like ongoing continuity. You know, obviously there's legacy artists who have done Nightwing. I can't say for sure. This is honestly the first time I've ever read Nightwing. I'm blown away. Like, I did it's, not expect this book to be good, let alone, like, this. T- oh, look, just look at this. Look at this. Just look at how beautiful the first page is of this damn comic book. Look at the detail in the buildings in the background, like the lights. He didn't have to do that. He could have just drawn, like, lines just to give you the suggestion of a skyscraper horizon back there. But, man, what a team. What? Like, sometimes comics just does it right where they get the right team up and they think it's going to work. You know, even Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo didn't get along very well. Scott said he was being a pain in the ass, like himself, like when he was writing. He, oh, yeah, he's like, I gave him they a script like, that was way too long. They seem like best friends. Oh, now now they are, but they had to go through some some tension, oh, you know? That's a story. Well, the, you know, this team, it's like, oh, the, the right people come together, and then boom, you get, uh, you get just some damn good comic books. This right here is one of the funnest superhero comics I've read in a long time. Yeah, my problem with this segment is going to be how to correctly describe why this book hits on a different level than any other superhero comic. Because it's it's a DC superhero book. People are going to say, like, what, what? who cares? What's the big you deal? You want to know why? Why is this so good? I'll, I'll tell you why. Because Tom Taylor managed to make Nightwing an elevated superhero. He's not He's not just Nightwing. He's a character that has taken on such ambitious goals to better humanity that his responsibility that he's embarking on in these issues are greater than what Bruce Wayne does for Arkham. This series kind of ties in to Tom King's Batman run, which ended a couple of years ago now. It literally starts with the death of Alfred, the death of, death of Alfred, which sets the, you got to assume that that's what went into this plan. Is that, okay, what are the main things that just happened? And how can that impact a narrative? We're going to kill the only father that Nightwing really had. Right. And it turns out that he had a lot of money, which makes sense. I didn't really think about that, but he's an employee of, like, the richest guy around. Yeah. Like, he's, got a, he's got a sizable fortune himself. and he Alfred. Leaves it. Alfred. He did. And he leaves, his, he leaves his fortune to Dick Grayson after he dies. That's right. And there's a letter, which I think you grabbed some pages from. Yeah. This right here um, is in the first issue when they took on the oh. run. And it, I'll, I'll tell you, this was another one of those like super memorable moments for me when reading comics last year, which is Dick Grayson. He missed the, um, what am I saying? He, they, they missed the, not, not the funeral, but the, you know, the, the will, the will, the reading of the will, sure. you know? So Barbara Gordon has to come and provide him with the letter from Alfred where he learns that Alfred was a billionaire and Alfred's going to give Dick Grayson all the money or he did because he's, he's passed away now. And the moments shared in these bubbles, it, it makes you so sad. 
and he makes you think differently about Alfred and Dick Grayson. You, you realize how noble Dick Grayson is, how good of a person Alfred was. And it makes you just, whatever you felt about these characters, you, you elevated them. You made them a whole different level of importance. And that's just setting the stage of the introduction of the narrative. Now, Dick Grayson's rich. What can he do to help humanity? And he's not thinking small. He wants to solve the homelessness, the homelessness problem in Bluehaven. He's got a heart, which I think a is... A big heart. That's a big part of the reason why this book works so well is because of Dick Grayson's like optimism and kind of his energy and his whole vibe is just joyful and like it's, it's it's such a direct contrast to Batman and like the fact that Alfred trusted him with all of this money to kind of he didn't just leave it to Bruce Wayne which would have been like the default option he he specifically chose to give it to Dick Grayson because he trusts his heart and his you know desire to do good and help people absolutely ah. then we go down then we go back to um, to Bruno's artwork. Dick Grayson is an acrobat. And to demonstrate his powers to their fullest, you have to see him move. It's all about movement. It's all about showing and demonstrating how agile he is, how quick he is. It's really why he's dangerous. But keep in mind, this kept the ongoing continuity. You know, as they took on the run, the, the continuity was remained the same. So he had like just been shot in the head. So he's not like 100% Dick Grayson, but... He's getting back into the swing of things, right? Sure. But this right here is a great example of, yes, we are seeing prior years of Dick Grayson. We're seeing him zoom in here. as this the is, flying, great. yeah, the flying Grayson, right? When, yeah. his, when his parents were, were killed, were murdered, muck duck. Then we have him as Robin. Then we have him as Nightwing. Then we have him, have him as um, Nightwing in the New 52. Sure. Yep. And now we have him now. A new version of Nightwing demonstrating change. That's why there are doves. Rebirth, anyone, right? Like this is um, a reborn. Sure. <laughs> you know? That's beautiful. Like, that was a beautiful time. There it is. And we see a transition where multiple characters are drawn on one page. And this isn't going to stop with that. The, I think this is one of the, the book's biggest strengths is that it takes Nightwing and gives it to an artist who will take the time to draw the character more times than there are panels on one page, sometimes 10x. Yeah. There's a lot of that here, but that makes this book kind of unique. Yeah, like the sense of movement here, it's clearly laid out in one panel, whereas the default way to tell this story would be a series of panels across a page. And this is just a two-page spread showing you all in one image how he takes down these thugs. Jumping off the building, parkouring down, doing a free fall Spider-Man style to bounce back off, to do a, he's shooting off his, um, his, his batarang. What is it called? Like the, it's like a, it's a stick, but it shoots off. There's a name for it. It's like, you know, it's got, it's got the, um, the batarang with, with the, the harness there and you can, you know, swing on it. Cause anyway, he's got to swing somehow and punches the guy in the face all in one I'm glad you grabbed this picture. This is a great example. Even like the, the just the background details. Like I'm I'm in love with Bruno Redondo's artwork here. We have a new character, the Heartless, stealing yeah. homeless people's hearts for a nefarious reason. Well, I mean, not they, that there wouldn't be really, a nefarious reason. There's 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 a good reason. <laughs> there's a good reason sometimes. Reason. You know, sometimes no, no. it's justified to jab someone in the chest and remove their heart. 
Nah. This guy's doing it Mortal Kombat? Nah. Yeah, okay. sure. But we do get a, a new character in this. And there's also these types of scenes <sighs> that are worth um, pointing to. It's like you get different angled shots. And yes, we have that here because we're getting that same treatment of the characters being drawn multiple times. But from a 2D perspective. Like The Sims. Yeah, it's like, like you're watching The Sims. Yeah. It's really cool. They're Bruno, like they're just Bruno's having fun with this book, and that that sense you can clearly tell he is enjoying himself and just being creative with the layouts and the artwork here, and that same sense of fun and like someone who is supremely talented just cutting loose with their craft kind of carries over to how Nightwing is in this book too. Like he's very good at what he does, but he's also enjoying it here. You got Tim Drake joining him in fights. I, I love this page. Loved this page too. I'm glad. I'm glad you pulled this out too. To like. You you have zero issues following the action here or like d- discerning what's oh it's what's like happening. the opposite it's like it's so easy to follow that can you what, zoom in over here yeah yeah what you see here is uh the way them they, working yeah. so well together this is a feel good comic when moments like this happen and you see arguably one of the best Robins fighting alongside a Nightwing like it's just it's just awesome this, this, these moments of this comic book they are they. They stand out because they're built so well. The pacing is so good that when the action happens, you're ready for it, you want it, and it doesn't disappoint. Because they're just like, Bruno, draw it 100 times and it's going to work. <laughs> you know? Look at this. So every we do page. see them. I know. Every page. It's just so much thought goes into this. I would love to know how much Tom Taylor and Bruno plan out these things. If it's just Bruno or if it's both of them. Because that would get kind of confusing. Yeah. Do 17 to 18 different shots of Nightwing. The page. Yeah, just in this page, make it one shot, but like 10 different versions of him parkouring down the building. It's a, you, you, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out, man. Ah, this panel. Oh, my God. I know. This Look. panel's so good, man. So then there's shots like this where you have an introduction of the character. You get the side shot. You get the shot coming towards you. It just doesn't stop. It's like over time, he's getting more... Ah. You can see this playing out in your head. This is a scene from a movie. Oh, absolutely. This fight taking place down the staircase. It's a scene from a movie. It and feels like Daredevil, like, like choreography yes. here. Yeah, as it should. Right. As it should. So a couple points I wanted to mention. Uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to Ooh, it. Okay. okay. A couple points I have to mention. The first one is that there is a break between issues 85 and 86 because of the Fear State event. Correct. This was the first superhero comic when fear, when there was an event that affected it, makes you kind of go off course a little bit, where I didn't feel disappointed. Okay. I kept reading. Elaborate. Well, this is a book that I'm ordering, and I get it, and I need to read it. All right? There's no, there's like, without question. not get three issues just because it's a tie-in. Exactly. No. I'm going to get the whole thing. I'm going to get the whole thing. I'm going to read Fear State. Fear State was great. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It didn't have Bruno on the art. That the was the thing the that I was missing. Stuff, the Nightwing, yeah. Okay. However, I Give still it. read them because it was so so excited. Who was the winner? I'm giving this one to Alexis. I already forgot what I wrote down. Alexis Melendez. Alexis Melendez. The you just want to give away. Thanks for being here live with us. Escrima Sticks. That's, oh. that's the name of Nightwing's weapon. Thank you, thank you, thank that's, you. Thank you. That's why the comic fam here helping us out. There's one left of these to give out, by the way. So Keep chatting. I read Fierce, um, Fear State. Enjoyed it. Typically, I'm kind of like... When you say fear state, do you mean the overall Batman event that happened, or do you just mean the Nightwing tie-in? Well, I'm talking specifically about the tie-in, but I read a bunch of fear state, because this whole Scarecrow thing was a must-read. But this one in particular, you transition out of what what is a 
a narrative you want to keep going. He has just decided what he's going to do as Nightwing. And then he's like, I got to go to Gar- I got to go to Arkham, which is kind of funny because he's like, hey, guys, I'm here for you. I got this. I'm plan. your community man. Yeah. I'll be right back. I got to go back to my hometown. <laughs> exactly. So so he does, that's kind of a thing. But he leaves and comes back. And the two issue break, I, I was there every step of the way. I didn't mind it. And it, it, it did what DC wanted. It got me to read Fear State. And it gave Bruno Redondo a break, right? Clearly, it let him just chill for a couple months and just not do anything and take a I vacation. Don't, I don't think that he took a break, Ryan. No? I don't. don't I really am convinced he didn't because look at this. The way they come back. Nightwing 87. Hot damn comic fam. This book is outstanding. This issue. The whole series is this outstanding, is, but this the, issue. This right here is... Man, he's pulling some Maxwell Prince kind of stuff in this. Did you read the Ice Cream Man where you can oh, put all you. the... Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about? I completely forgot. Right, right? I, got, I got Ryan back in. Okay. My brain so, shut down. So this is what I think. I'm just going to like... I'm guessing here. I have no idea. I, I'm sure if I were to... I mean, this book just came out, so I doubt that there's any commentary on this as it pertains from the creative team. There is. I think the two... Issues of Fear State where Bruno could have done something else. I think he just put that time into this book because this book is 16 pages that you literally could tear out of the comic book and put them next to each other like they're a damn puzzle piece. That's what he said. He said you could buy like 20 whatever copies of this book and a staple remover and just lay the. You could lay this entire issue out and it it flows together. It's, It's like nothing I've ever seen before. All the parts of Bruno's ability to like draw the movements of Nightwing that we just discussed on full display here. Full display. This is one This is a book you got to get. This is this whole comic is one It's one image. One image. Can you imagine owning all that original art? Oh, just that would be so good just uh, all around. That'd be so cool. And and this is it's not a spoiler really because it's one just it's a fun one. book. I'm just going to tell you. He's got to save his dog. All right? That's all this is. It's his, a fun his story. His adorable dog. His adorable dog. That's right cuz he gets a dog in this run and it's awesome. So this page, like legit, if I could put them next to each other, it goes from here to here. It connects. You can follow Nightwing. And right here in the corner, notice where he is right here. I'm, I'm circling him on the screen in the top right. Boom. Keeps going in the corner. You see a full costume change. I can zoom it. That might, that might help. It's hard to see. On the, there you go. So look at We're following him here. As he's going up parkouring, he puts his mask on. He takes his shirt off. He throws his suit on. Boom. Now he's in Nightwing costume. And then he starts swinging across the ledges. it just carries through. It just continues. The whole comic book comic fam. The entire... How many times... We should count. Next time we come onto the mic, Ryan, I need you to take the probably hour it'll take you to count all... Of the Nightwings that are in this one issue. How many times, how many times did Bruno draw Nightwing in this comic book? Guess. I'm going to say. I'm too stunned. I'm just, I'm just drinking this in right now. Let's do a guess here. I want to hear in the chat your guesses of numbers. I'm going to guess. actually count this now. uh, Yeah, we're going to have to count them. You better pay me for that work. That's work. Those are hours. This is what we're going to do, man. It's going to take hours. (laughs) I'm going to guess upwards over a hundred times. Oh, easy. Yeah. Over a hundred. That's a very easy, safe guess. That's it's like probably he, more than one. He drew him more than one time. <laughs> Clearly. Oh my goodness! What an amazing book, comic fan. We're talking about comic books that you got to be reading because they if be good. If you don't trust us, like you can literally look on any list of best comics of 2021, it's and there. Almost every single one of them will have Nightwing on it, or maybe even at or near the top. Like very this, true. this is one of the best books of recent years. 
If you like what we do, you can support the show directly by joining the Mystery Mail Call. This is our excuse to send you comic books every month. We have multiple comics going out. I'm so excited for this month. It's going to be a glorious month, man. I've said glorious too many times. I've been thinking glorious purpose because I was talking about Loki, and it's got me all twisted. Russ got me a thesaurus this year. What's he trying to tell me, comic fam? We have the mystery mail call. You can go to comictom101.com. <laughs> I know, right? Comictom101.com. Link is in the description. We send you exclusives every month, back issues every month, an entire graphic novel that's digital every single month, prints, and even more things than that. You're shot at a grail. We'll talk about it here. Butch? You get some butch in there? There's yeah. a little butch hair in there. Not in hair, but like the actual, like a little, little Pokemon card. You didn't like. Oh, that's right. Some, yeah. We do like random, like show cards and like memorabilia stuff, you know, for the fans like, that like our show and support us. But if you just want to get comics, I am so pumped for the Reggie Collects guide. Dude, it's so damn I've cool. been, honestly, like, I know you pay me to go prep the mail call, and I'm alone in this big warehouse with all these Reggie books. And you paid me a little bit to like sit there and read this comic. Like, I read this book, and there is so much information in there. This thing is packed. It tells you, like, what's the difference between 9.8, 9.6, 9.2. It lets you. It gives you a breakdown on how to grade comics. It tells you what a bag and a board is. It tells you best places to, like, buy books on social media, how to sell books. There's even blurbs in here about, like, Skeleton Key and, like, Rage Theo and, like, live claim sales. There's there, any, any information you could want to know about collecting comics you find in this, in this Reggie Collects guide that we're giving out to you. That's right. Reggie's... Reggie Collects presents, um, and it's Gibbon Gang approved. I have to say that. It's go. the guide to smart comic collecting. Reggie Collects is a YouTuber that everyone knows in the comic community. He's been making content, if not as long as us, longer. And he has been providing such a substantial amount of value to the comic fam for so long that when I had an opportunity to dress him up as Spider-Man, throw a wizard cloak on him, and make an homage to Wizard Number One and support his book that he wrote. I had to do it, Ryan. I had to do it. And that's what's on the screen right here. Every single person's gonna be getting a version of the first print variant that I made. You're not just supporting our show, you're supporting Reggie's show as well. We have um, the wizard homage, we have the both of the virgins that are lower print, and then also we teamed up with Johnny Desjardins, a Incredible artist doing a knife palette technique on Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer. Virgins going out at random of that. That's kind of cool, too. I flipped through that book. It's like an old lady Buffy kind of thing. Yeah, story. she's 50, kicking yeah. ass. She's, Is this it's, the first time that we've done, like, back-to-back artists, too? Like, Johnny Johnny did, like, two covers in a we row. We may have us. done a Davi Go at okay, one point. Yeah. But, but yeah, we, we happened to be able to seal the deal with two covers by Johnny, and I he's such his, a good I love dude. Him, man. Yeah, his covers are really cool. That, that's another one. I said this last month, but, like... The same, the same thing applies. Like, once you get this book in hand and you can look at, close up at how he does this knife stuff, like, it, it boggles the mind. It takes him a long time to do it. And there's an aspect of that that, to each artist their own, if you can do what Bill S. does in 10 minutes, power to you. I love it. it. It doesn't matter how long it takes. But I've seen Johnny's original uh canvases of these and they're huge and in order for him to get that much detail he has to put in the work he puts hours and hours and hours into this like tiny lines with his knife palette technique it's astounding and then when you see a variant come out of it it's just it makes it special you know that there was a lot of you know sweat that went into this to make that happen make it possible so um very appreciative of that artist and you can follow him on instagram we also do hot keys. We randomly send out to just a handful of members of the community. You know, they're the they're grails, chase books. 
We do them every month. We have Predator 1. We have uh, X-Men 36, first appearance of the Changeling. We also have Swamp Thing number one. And we have Shazam number one. So, Comic Fam, ComicTom101.com. Support what we do. Get your Reggie's Guide to Smart Comic Collecting. Over eight less than a week left, pages. by the way, to sign up for this. Six days. Six days, which is less than a week. That's right. I did the math. That's right. Less than a week. All right, last part of the show, comic fam. Let's see the like button. Slap the subscribe button. We're talking, okay, let's take them through it. We talked to them about $10 keys a bunch. Sure, we did. That was fun. We all talked about uh, $20. On that list. I, like, I didn't realize some of those books would be $10. That's it how it goes. Was, it was a bit surprising. That's what we do, man. We got to find them with the surprising ones. We also have a $20 key we did a list that we've done. $20 keys. It's like the same kind of thing, but twice as, twice as much money. You get a little bit more surprising keys in there. But what's this? What are we doing now? $50 keys. Uh, what a progression. Wow. Who would have thought that that was coming? Key Collector Comics, the best comic app in existence to learn about comic books, to catalog and get suggested pricing. There's a bunch of categories on there. I suggest you... Scrub through those routinely to learn about expensive paper, books that you may have in your collection that you may be able to get when you're out and about and you're hunting. We have $50 keys. I picked 50, I put, I picked 50 keys. We're going to talk about No, I picked 10 <laughs> keys. We're talking about 10 key there. books that go for right around $50. Some of them are on the decline and I think they're awesome. I think you should consider it. One of the things I try to do is I try to make the moment happen as much as possible where Ryan goes, what? What? Really? It's only 50 bucks? Because that's how I know I did something good. I found something that he believes as a reader and low-key collector should be worth more. And if it's surprising to you, it's going to be surprising to everybody else who actually buys comics that are high-grade and are collecting and investing. You know what I'm saying? I do. I learned a lot from this segment. Yeah? What are you doing, Ryan? Taking a little clip of Butch. Can't see you can't see Butch right now. Ryan is on his phone. I'm I'm just talking. I don't really care about this show. You know? I know, right? He's just on his phone. He's taking pictures of my cat because Butch yeah. is on the table sleeping, doing what he do. We have fifty dollar keys, key collector comics. Use Kotom one hundred and one to unlock a free two week subscription. Support the show and let's talk about Black Knight number one. We have the first solo series featuring Black Knight, Dane Whitman. Fifty dollar average sales after a spike that was pretty aggressive prior to the Eternals. Then after the Eternals. Kit Harrington not going full Black Knight in the movie, but you get a teaser at the end knowing that he is coming back. And if anything does reprise from this movie that critics largely didn't care for, I didn't mind it. Still haven't seen it. Now you got to well, see you, it. You told me what happens with, with Kit Harrington at the end. Did you I'm, just see it? I'm very intrigued. I'm excited to talk to you about it. Is it on I a, enjoyed it's not it. It's on Disney Plus yet, right? No, not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Nowhere near. But... This is a book that as soon as we see more Black Knight specs start to take place, you know, Kit Harrington's going to go full Black Knight eventually. It looks like there's going to be some Blade narratives that he gets involved with. Who knows? I need to see this movie, apparently. You got to see it. But Black Knight number one, seeing a $50 average sale on the high end, I think this is one you should be watching. If you can grab it on the low, I really believe it will go back up. I was I was kind of surprised. I, you heard me say this several times when you when you ran through these books with me earlier. But I'm surprised that this book only is fifty dollars. That seems really low for. It spiked up I guess quick. It's his first solo series, not the first appearance. Yeah, exactly. First solo series, but as Honestly, an issue one. As, as a reader, I appreciate the first solo series much more than like a random book where he just pops in and like, oh hey. That's why. It, that's what gives it. Um, this type of like notoriety. Like yeah. I would rather have Wolverine number one instead of Hulk one eighty. <laughs> Fire guy Ryan. We have 
All new Ghost Rider number one, number nine on this list. First appearance in Origin of Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes. We chatted about this book on the trending video after news about Ghost Riders started circulating. Do you see that Norman Reedus stuff? Yeah. I don't like that idea. I don't, you don't know care how people about, feel about that, but I... I, I mm. well, is all, it just because he likes motorcycles? Is that it's it? because of him on uh, Walking Dead playing... Right, driving a motorcycle everywhere? Darryl. Yeah, he's, riding, so he's like, hey, he's, he can ride a motorcycle, so he should be a ghost rider. That's, that's but, a low bar. My dad can ride a motorcycle, but he should not be a ghost rider. <laughs> is that the bar? Apparently. You have to ride a, ghost, uh, ride a bike. But here's the thing. Boss Logic kind of changed the dialogue and said, yo, what's, what about Gabriel Luna? That's what I'm weighing on. So... That got Gabriel Luna to tweet out, get ready so that you're ready. You know, it's like that is something kind of ambiguous. Like, sure. get ready so that you're ready. Get ready so you're ready. Something like that. Like Words to live by. Yeah, like like uh, skull and fire emojis. Like, kind of teasing that. It'd be weird to post so- that and not be playing him again. Can you imagine, like, Marvel be like, what the hell is this dude doing, man? You're fired. Yeah, we, yeah. we, we cut that contract a long time ago. But hopefully, <laughs> Gabriel Luna does reprise the role because he killed it. And we have Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, seeing $50 average sales. But when we reported on the 9.8 sales, it was down upwards of $100 in as little as two months. And the last time it spiked was because Ghost Rider spec started circulating. Multiple Ghost Riders being leaked that we were going to be introduced Possibly Johnny Blaze as early as Multiverse of Madness. I don't see that happening with the current character slate we're expecting right now. But anything goes. Next one on this list, we have Infinite Crisis number five. This book is down, and I don't think it should be. First full and cover appearance of the third Blue Beetle in costume, Jaime Reyes. We found out in like late 2021 that this was a character. Well, actually, I'll take it even back even further. A year ago. We were hearing spec that Blue Beetle was going to get his own show, Jaime Reyes. Then we heard in upwards of like, I want to say it was September or October, check Key Collector, the alerts will tell you, that there was an HBO Max announcement that there was going to be a show. Then Blue Beetle was cast, Jaime Reyes, they had an actor attached, um, kid from Karate Kid. Then December, just months later, we found out that it's not going to be on HBO Max, it's going to be a movie. So it started moving quick. And the actor attached, um, he started talking about how he's already done his costume fittings. Like this right here looks like it's happening. And because of all this news and how it was kind of rolled out, some kind of false news, but then that was coupled with like even better news for potential of spec, it caused the book to move up and down, fluctuations of over $100 for 9.8s. And we have a issue five key book that is on a, on a downward trend possibly for the last, for the last time. And before as we, it blows up before it blows up again, I still need to read infinite crisis. I'm a, I'm a bad DC fan. I'm surprised. Cause there's some like green lantern stuff that's tied into that. Jeff that Johns like it's like, it's a, you know? it seems like it's all, it's all you man. DC is kind of tough. Like the crossovers aren't as easy to get into as Marvel. What do we got here? This is Deadpool number 54. It says here, classic battle of Punisher versus Deadpool. This is something that's just fun because any Deadpool or Punisher fan wants this. And if you're a fan of both, which they kind of are, kind of share fandoms. This I is just, a book that's like been a key. This has always been an expensive book for like, geez, 10 years now. I remember going to conventions and seeing this on walls back then. I just look at the cover here and I, I my brain just starts going like... You got, like, the most ridiculous, goofy character paired with the most serious, like, murderer character. I guess they're both murderers, but, like... But one's a bit more hardcore than the other. But they're both hardcore. Imagining, like, John Burnfall. When you're not hardcore! 
This one's beautiful. This is School of Rock, dude. Thank you. I was singing that the other day, actually. Not that song, but different. Which one were you singing from School of Rock? Heal me. <laughs> you know that one? No. I'm hot, sick, and name out of GL. You know when they're, when they're practicing? <laughs> no, I don't remember. That's that song. Okay. No, I just remember the, you know, touch me, Can't you see that I am not afraid? School of Rock comic fam. That's a good one. You know what I'm talking about? Lawrence is good at the piano. Yes. He will be rocking at my show. Man, that's a great movie, man. That's a good one. That's a really good one. So that's that, why we recommend Deadpool 54. Is, is School of Rock on this list? I don't think so. Can you buy it for $50? I don't think so. I think you get it cheaper. You can? There's more spec on Deadpool and Punisher than Jack Black right now. No. Jack Black needs to be in the MCU. Anyways, Daredevil, Punisher, classic cover, white cover, tough and high grade, always been expensive. It's on the rise a little bit, but 50 bucks for a high grade copy. If you can grab one in near mint, I really think you'll be happy about it long term. We also have static number one on a decline, mostly because of COVID, I suspect. I think there's a lot of uh, pushback right now in the timelines of all these movies. And this was announced in October 2020 that Warner Brothers and Michael B. Jordan's production company acquired the rights to produce static. As you can see, I sit next to a newsstand version of the variant cover of static. Okay, I'm specking on static. I've been waiting for another 9-8 newsstand copy to come up. I may be kind of spilling the beans here. One hasn't come up in like over a year. That's right. Good luck finding one. I put my money where my mouth is. Static is a amazing superhero. I think that soundboard so could, much fun. could just be one big button with the boom on it. <laughs> I know, right, man? It's, it's, it's <laughs> wacky. But, dude, I, I keep telling the comic fam, be prepared because when I get the new soundboard installed and I have all the sounds in there, you're going to hate it but you're gonna love it so bear with us this is just a boom machine. this is yeah you know i got some hit, some things on here you know it's your boy jim Mint. but it's gonna yeah. get better all right but static I need to on a downward trend stuff. i don't know any milestone anything. blood syndicate hardware hardware static. dude you gotta read some hardware the rocket one icon like i don't know any, icon. I don't know any of this all right next on the list who even am i do i even read comics black widow number one yelena belova um fa- uh, natasha romanoff face off to own the code name Black Widow. This is the first mention of the Red Room. Um, Yelena Belova's identity is revealed. And this is the first issue of the three-part series. It's a black cover. It's tough and high grade. Black Widow 1 at $50 seems criminally underpriced. And it's mostly because I think because of the recent Black Widow movie, people kind of have it twisted that Scarlett Johansson's still in the game here. I think that people haven't moved on to the fact that we have a new Black Widow. And we need to welcome this Black Widow and her keys should follow. And they're not just yet. But when you watch Hawkeye and really when you see Black Widow, the movie, you see that our May Queen is going to get us there. Crush, man. I got I got I got a little bit of a crush. Me too, man. On Florence. Yeah. It's the hereditary connection indirectly. She's amazing, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is Marvel Knights. She's funny. Yes. Like, like uh, hilarious was, her showing up in Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Like it was unexpected. Every well. time she was there, it was, it was hilarious. In some of the best scenes in that whole Maybe show. Maybe you really want mac and cheese. I want mac and cheese. I want mac and cheese right now. Right now. Can we stop Who, the show? We can go and, get some and, mac and cheese. I have the quick little, like you put some water in it, put it in for two minutes. It overflows and you have to clean up the microwave, but you still get mac like and some, cheese in a minute. Some weird kind of foam. Yeah, that comes out of that stuff. Yeah, there's it's like powder Can in we take the noodle. The into the kitchen and make some uh, some microwave mac and cheese. I don't know if it would be worth it, but we do wow. have Black Widow number one going for fifty dollar average sales. It shouldn't. This is a amazing key book, and I'll tell you, you couldn't find this book for fifty dollars at the 
either convention that I went to this past year. I just like the fact that it's Marvel Knights, which is like as close as Marvel's ever going to get mature, to, like, like to like Black, Black Label. Black Label, yeah. There's also, right now as we're recording this, there's actually a Marvel Knights sale on Comixology. So you might be able to get that book for super cheap if you want to read it just to make sure you want to drop 50 bucks on it, which Next. is how I like to do it. Next at the list at number seven, we have Batman Adventures Mad Love Special number one. This is the second appearance in Origin of Harley Quinn, not in the mainstream universe. First time she shows up after her first appearance in Batman Adventures. So with Batman Adventures 12 going to the moon and sustaining regardless of any media input, that book has become a modern grail. Just like Deadpool has risen to legendary hero status from the modern times as Harley Quinn as did Harley Quinn. Gotcha. So long-term, I really believe that Harley Quinn keys are a safe bet regardless of anything that Margot Robbie's doing. Harley Quinn is known by more people in culture than most superheroes, and she's a new character. This right here, Batman Adventures Mad Love Special. I have, I've been getting people comics longer than the YouTube channel. Yes. All right? I was a dealer before, and part of being a dealer is catering friendships of their fandom through finding them things that they would like. I think I said that right. I think you did. Harley Quinn fans, if they have a 9-8 of Batman Adventures 12, they have this book. I didn't even know this book existed until today, but that's because Harley Quinn is not my favorite. Well, Harley Quinn's not your favorite, and this is one that some people just kind of ignore, but it's her, it is her second appearance, and it's a Joker-themed book. And I would rather, I would much rather read this than a random middle-of-the-run issue of Batman Adventures, which I'm sure are probably like standalone comics. Right. I don't think there's much of story arcs in those, but mm -mm. this one seems fun to me. No, it's fun, and if. it's super hard and high-grade because these kids' books were just handled very poorly, but we've talked about that multiple times. But $50 for this book, it still seems undervalued to me. I think this is a $100 book all day long. I have seen VF copies that this says $15 mid go for what it says for the high range. You can find this dealers who will put this up for 30, 40, 50 bucks in mid grade, regardless of what Overstreet says, what anything, and be very outspoken. Like, yeah, we're at a convention. It's up a little bit in value because this one's available right here, right now. And people buy it no matter what. It's just, it doesn't, doesn't stay at shows. It's a tough book to find. It was one of the first books Eris told me he wanted. He actually is one of the Harley Quinn fans that I know that I've supplied a bunch of Harley Quinn books to. Next at the list, Hellblazer number one, the premier issue featuring John Constantine's first ongoing title series. $50 average sales for the high grade. And what did you say, Ryan? I was, again, I'm surprised that this book is only 50 bucks. This feels like something that should be way higher. There we go. I think your dad has all of these. Absolutely. Ever made. Hellblazer number one, first appearance of Papa Midnight. One of the best um, mature reads from DC at this time. One of the... Most recommended things my dad gave me to read back in the day. And issue one of Constantine seems like it's undervalued at $50, largely because his first appearance in Swamp Thing 37 has become a very highly sought after collectible. And I suspect that has, that's happened because of all of the HBO Max slated shows that are more dark themed, but how often Constantine is reutilized because the fandom is there. They're ever present. It's always growing. And it's never a bad idea to include Constantine on your show or in your narrative. And I just started reading this little book called Sandman that no one's really heard of. Ooh. It's actually pretty good. People were, were not wrong. Ryan he comes over. He's like, uh, do you have trade three? Oh, I started reading Sandman and uh, 
everyone was right. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like you've been putting off salmon for a really long time, yeah. I, and I understand because you're gonna go through and go, "Wow, I I wish I could reread this again for the first time." What if he shows up in that show? Is he allowed to? Oh, he's gonna be in the show on the Sandman show. I think they gender swapped. Okay. It's like a lady. Is Sandman not a DC property? Because isn't that show on Netflix? No, it is. Am I wrong? No, John Constantine. How far are you in Sandman? Two trades? I'm in. I'm, oh, because so he's I shown up. Two, yeah, he showed up. Okay, already. so yeah, he's yeah. already shown up in Sandman. No, he's slated for Sandman. Huh. Like they've already done uh, the casting. Okay. Um, it may be like a descendant. I'm not sure, but Same. I know it's no. like <laughs> Constantine, and it's it's you know, they gender swap. Jane Constantine. Something like that. All right, here we go. Um, we also heard that there was a Constantine sequel in the works. The we Keanu also Reeves Constantine. That could be so awesome. I don't even care anymore because they could redo it. He's he's gained yeah. so much fandom since that they can, they can do it again. Just be John Wick with magic. All right, we have two more left. This is number... Yeah, that was number eight. Nine. So this is number nine. We have The Punisher number one, the premier issue of the first ongoing Punisher series. $50 may seem drastically low, but bear with me. $50 averages is long earned for quite some time. This used to be a 10 to $20 book in the high range. And it's because... Punisher appears so many times prior to this series that although it is his first ongoing, a lot of people are after his early appearances, his first appearances in Amazing Spider-Man. There's even like a Marvel magazine that he appeared in, and that marks his second appearance and some of the early key moments of the character. But in comic form, with Bazooka hanging on the side of a building. Can you zoom in on that picture? I've never really looked at this cover so closely, but... That's going to hurt him. Like, there's gonna, if he shoots that thing into that room, there's going to be some blowback. Well, he's probably just, like, getting him ready. He's going to jump backwards and then I hope it. so, because he is way too close for that to be safe. <laughs> I mean, for him. It's but it safe. still is a classic cover, Ryan, damn it. It is. It, it, is. Is. it is a pretty looking cover. So this right here, it, def- it definitely makes sense to grab this before it spikes up even more, because as you said earlier in the show, a number one has this excitement about it, this key moment that means a little bit more than the fourth appearance or the third yeah. appearance. You know what I'm saying? I would rather read this than I'm sure Amazing Spider-Man 129 is good. Is that is that yeah. the one? I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, it's goes probably, up against it's probably a cool story, but like as far as an origin story and forgetting more of the you know the, the groundwork of Punisher, this might be more my thing. Last on the list today, because we've been talking about some Jim Lee comics in the last couple podcasts, I thought it fitting post the new year. Salsa Christmas special number one. This is the first interior artwork by Jim Lee. He did inks on this. It's a weird story. Santa Claus fighting, you know, and this is like a mall Santa who is, you know, is trained in karate. So this right here is Samurai Santa. It's a strange book. Everyone needs to read it because it's very bizarre. But Jim Lee did his first work in comics in this interior. And this is one that you're going to wish you could have grabbed it in high grade for 50 or a, I would say $80 because I've owned this book like 10 different times and I don't think I've ever acquired it for under mid grade. It's that black cover. It's poor paper quality. And people, when they got this, they were like, ah, Samurai Santa. And they read through it because it's kind of, you know, jokey on the cover. However, it being a key book for nothing on the cover or on the interior, besides those inks done by Jim Lee, it's made it a collectible that, I think there's people every time we bring this book up that go in the comment section. I didn't know that. I want it. So we got to remind you, comic family. That's why we're here. Just for the story. It sounds kind of funny, but we may have to bring it back to the mic. I don't know. Like and subscribe, comic fam. We're here for you every single couple weeks. We got going live. We got one giveaway left. Let's do one more giveaway. Let's do it. Do you want to pick one? 
Uh, yes, I do want to pick one. We have a comic book jackpot said bazooka don't have that much of a kick, especially if it gets stuck in the bad guy. I just picture you shoot a bazooka and it explodes and there's a big explosion, especially in a small little apartment room like that was like he might he might catch some. Some it's possible. Explosion on him. <laughs> it's possible. We appreciate your time today, Comic Fam. This is Bags and Boards number 51. Like and subscribe. Comment down below. And we will see you very soon. Bye, everyone. Take it easy, Comic Fam. We out. I kind of did like the false end, but you know, whatever. Like, uh, the show's done. By like, the way. like Return of the King. Just like Return of the King. You but, think it's done? But it more keeps epic. going. You more think th- it's done? And it keeps going. It's like, oh, should I leave? Nope. You can't leave because you got a half hour of, of additional endings. That's right. We ended the show, but sometimes YouTube cuts it off, so we got to keep it going for just like a couple more seconds. I have a bunch of lawn box I got to pack in your car, dude. That's what I remember you telling me. This is a long way down. Like, we're high up. It's going to be a lot of trips. We're going to get a cart. Like, my car is like... We're going to push the cart. We're going to move some lawn boxes. We're going to lift with our legs. Not your back. Not your back. I lift with my arms. We appreciate it, Comic Fam. Thanks for being here.